Broadcasting from their dining room table in Long Beach, California, it's the Stonebirds with Dave Stone and Katie Strandberg. Get it? Advice and encouragement from two goofballs who can barely run their own lives. Call now at 562-548-2012 to be a part of the show. Now welcome the Stonebirds. Fire. Someone go call the fire department. Get it? See, so come on. That is a good one. <laughs> uh-huh. Lake Ray. What was that? Lake Ray. <laughs> <laughs> it's Link Ray, boo. It's Link Ray? Link. Uh, I don't know. I, it did sound like because I said. It's Link, Ray. It's Link, Ray. L-I-N-K, Link. Like the missing Link. Huh. Well, I like this song, though. Yeah. He's a, he's a father of the power chord. Power chord? Power chord. It's a guitar thing. Oh. This is great. You like this, Diddy? Yeah, I actually do. I could run to it. Ooh. There you go. Uh-huh. See where it takes you, man. I imagine um, uh-huh. like a minivan going into the distance. Huh. With this song. Why a minivan? I don't know. I just do. Like at the end of a nice family comedy or something. Yeah, driving it's off like, into the sunset. Yeah. A little fire and brimstone. Yeah. I hear you. Maybe maybe they're like a family mm-hmm. and they're like, hey, I don't really, you know, I I come from somewhere mean, mm-hmm. but now look at me go into the distance. Huh. <laughs> you, didn't, you got it all plotted out. What? Yeah, I just. <laughs> you should write that down. <laughs> What's going on, boo? Hey. Good, how are you? Oh, I am fire and brimstone. Are you? Good. What's going on? Oh, uh, boo. You're all uh, fresh and shiny. I did. I, well, I'm into showering now. Uh-huh. Because You're into it now? <laughs> yeah, I yeah. have to. You come around? I have to do it mm-hmm. because it's hot. Yeah. I start to smell. I've been wearing shorts. Tall people understand this. Your legs get super dirty throughout the day if you wear shorts as a tall person. You mentioned that yesterday. So are you telling me that you actually wash your legs? Yes. Would you believe I've never washed my legs? Like you've never taken a sponge and... No. Never. Because I just use gravity. I wash my upper body, and then I wash, you know, we don't get into too much detail, but I, I, wash, I wash most places. The bone zone. But the, uh, <laughs> oh, gross. The, the, the knees and the thighs and the calves and the shins, I figure they're going to get all that uh, trickle down soap. Okay, Reagan. All the, all the Am soaps. I right? Uh-huh. How do I know that? Yeah, good, good <laughs> reference here, boo. But I figure, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. When I, I rinse it, when I, when I, when I, when I soap up my torso and then I rinse off, all that goes down to my legs. I figure I, that's that, that's good enough. I am. Are you, you're serious right now? Yes, I'm serious. I don't understand why you would need to wash. Okay, your, like scrub your legs. Okay, because the legs are a whole different avenue. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is you're doing the top half. Mm-hmm. It's like you're doing the hood of the car. Yeah. The windshield, mm-hmm. and then you're like. You don't have to do the bumper because when you spray off the windshield, all that true. soap goes down to the bumper. Not true. I'm not talking yeah. about the bumper. Uh-huh. The legs, I uh-huh. think, is like where the doors are, mm-hmm. the hood, the ceiling. Mm-hmm. So you're just ignoring, you're just doing, because I know you do your butt, right? Oh, yeah. So you're just doing front <laughs> front to butt. Yeah. 
not not okay, boo. This is all the all the stuff. All I that hit, dirt is coming down. I hit all what I call the problem areas, oh. and I've never had any complaints about my smelly knees. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't think anyone would complain to you about your smelly knees. You're yeah. kind of intimidating. Yeah. It's not like someone's going to be like, "Whoa, did you hear? Dave Stone was coming around and his knees smell." <laughs> Dude, shins are disgusting. <laughs> I'm really surprised by this. No, I thought that was a common thing. It's a common thing amongst dudes. Is it? Yeah. No. Because I've heard it. Not tall dudes. I've heard. Why oh, no, tall? But, I mean, you're tall, but yeah, I mean. No, I'm not tall. <laughs> Sorry. No one's but ever like, accused tall, me of being tall. Tall legs. Legs are a whole different. Got like, a few more inches a leg. That's no, not get a dirty. few. A lot of people have a lot more. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's a lot because uh-huh. it's a whole. My things. What's going on here is uh-huh. weird. Yeah. And I get that. You do have long legs. I do. So uh-huh. I got to I gotta, I gotta work at them. You know, sometimes I just give up. Hmm. I don't shave them. Mm-hmm. I don't wash them. And then things get dark and sad. Hmm. So that's why I have to shower. So I should start scrubbing my legs down? I guess. Hmm. I mean, I honestly, you're cleaner than me. Mm-hmm. Your hygiene is better than me. I have, I have very good hygiene. You really do. Mm-hmm. So I'm very surprised about this. Yeah. This is very uncharacteristic of Impeccable you. Impeccable breath. You really do. Mm-hmm. Always have some mouthwash. <laughs> mint? Yeah, mint. <laughs> Oh, man. So um, how are you? Well, speaking of uh, hygiene and, and maintenance and cleanliness, uh, what, what's what's going on on the couch over there, boo? Okay. Is that from is that from me? That is my, no. Is that from our session the other no, day? No, that's not from, oh. thank you, though. No. Yeah, that's uh, my white clay mask oh. that I wore that you're supposed to only put a really thin layer on uh-huh. and then gently rinse it off, but I put a thick layer on. Did you scrub it off by rubbing your face onto the couch? No, I, I no close. Uh-huh. I was on the couch and I was so lazy. I didn't want to get up, so I just started to take. I took my fingers and then started to make a rolling motion, oh, no. trying to get the dry clay. Mm-hmm. So then it was like a fun game. Yeah, and then it kind of went haywire. Okay. So, but yeah, no, that's not your dead skin. Which, yeah. by the way, we had a time. Oh, we had it. We made a day of it. It what, was two days okay. ago. Everyone forget yoga. Everyone forget meditation. Mm-hmm. Everyone forget. All the things you know about relaxing. Mm-hmm. Get yourself some callous booties. Okay. Put them on a mountain man. Let him sit in them for two hours, and two days later, peel off that dead skin. That, my friends, is just the most peaceful meditation I've done in a while. Callous booties sounds like an indie rock band. <laughs> Where callous booties? Sounds like an Arcade Fire <laughs> spinoff side project. <laughs> I got tickets to see callous booties. <laughs> So explain what you did to me the other day. Okay, so I was at Target. Mm -hmm. You remember. Uh That was our big outing. Yeah, that was fun. It was the first time I've left the house in two weeks. (laughs) Yeah, it was a... Uh Okay, well, that's a... Put a pin in that. Yeah. Okay, we're in Target. In the beauty section of Target, you have to be careful because they always try to trick you. Uh, How so? Well, I mean, that's a whole other podcast episode. Uh Really? (laughs) But I guess... It's like a pretty boring podcast. No, it's not. (laughs) If you have been to Target as much, I would, guys, I spent a lot of time in Target mm-hmm. when my mom was sick. That was kind of my like fun zone. Yeah. Anyway, there's the mini products that they put out to lure you into the beauty section. Oh, like the, the so trial, trial size, travel size, the travel size. So it's like, okay. oh, $3 for this, but uh-huh. it's like a free sample that Target probably got. Okay. It's all a conspiracy. Okay. Anyway, I went down the toenail aisle because uh-huh. I, your calluses interest me because uh-huh. you looked like... The bottom of your feet, boo, uh-huh. have these <laughs> sores uh-huh. and and dead skin, and you can't feel them, but they're hard. It's the most um, 
I mean, it's intru- It's like a dinosaur. I have hobo feet. You do. Mm-hmm. You have hobo feet. So you, you mm-hmm. used all my callus remover because I tried that. on uh-huh. my. And then I, I've tried everything. I've tried the saw thing. Not sawing off your feet, but like. Oh, the cheese grater the thing? The cheese grater I thing. I like that. But that hurts you sometimes. Well, yeah, because you get a little aggressive. <laughs> and, and it's great if you're if you're on a callus. But then sometimes you hit the little tender spot on my toe or something. Yeah. Like, Ooh, whoops. Uh-huh. So. I look at Target. I look, and there's a there's a dry, a dead skin sock, basically. Okay. Yeah. And I look a booty, a booty, uh-huh. and I said to myself, "Now this this is for Senor Stone." So they look like uh like, like the equivalent of like clear plastic gloves. Yeah, but They're for your feet, clear plastic, but little boots. Yes, mm-hmm. and little boots that I've put on maybe too long for you. Yeah, because you're so- you told me to keep it on for an hour. And then I was stuck because I tried to get up and walk, and it was too slippery. But you left you left them on about two and a half hours. You were fine. I, I know. Stranded. I kept just pushing back the time because yeah. I didn't want to do it. It's been an hour and a half. You're like, you're fine. <laughs> it, they're really bad, your feet. It's two hours. Everything's tingly. So this was like $19. This was mm. an expensive purchase. Mm. I thought I was getting multiple booties. Mm-hmm. But you know me in details. Yeah. I did not look at it, no. really. I just assumed... It's twenty dollars. It's supposed to be, but no, no, one pair. Uh-huh. But two days later, what happened, Boo? What happened to oh, those man. feet? Oh man! Well, I had forgotten about it about two or three days later. I think it was like three days later. Yeah. Maybe it was two. I don't know. But I had forgotten all about it. It felt good in the moment in the night. You know that night yeah. you did it. But then, like three days later, my skin started to peel, oh. like like sunburn peel. The way you get sunburn, yeah, and then like a week later, it starts to bubble up and peel off. Yeah, my both feet, front, back, toes, everything was was going nuts, and like it took you like an hour to get all that skin off. It was the best moment. And we of got my like life. five pounds of and dead like skin. a lot of skin, like and not just like a thin layer, like mm-hmm. when you're little and you put glue on your hands and mm-hmm. peel it off, like oh how cute. No, 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 this is thick. Yeah. This was like, this was just a thick thing. Yeah. Of, it was like duct tape. Yeah. It was like peeling skin duct tape uh-huh. off of your foot. It was like uh And it was a like delight. The world's grossest fruit roll up. Yeah. Yeah. That's what uh, it kind of felt like. It felt like little pieces of fruit roll up. I enjoy the dead skin. This might be my favorite. This is better than nearing. Uh-huh. Which we got an appointment Which I for love, that later. I love nearing your back uh-huh. so much. Yeah. But I also this is actually I don't know. I think this might be the winner. Really? Of, yeah, because you like all that weird stuff. You like to pop zits. I love popping zits on the back. Uh-huh. Ooh, you love, all day. You love all that gross all stuff. All day. Yeah. See, none, it's of the that, best. none of that does much for me. I follow Dr. Pimple Popper, but then uh-huh. she was getting too edgy with her videos. I had to calm so? down. Too much. She's doing Instagram TV. She needs to stick <laughs> edgy, to what she knows. An edgy pimple popper. <laughs> Just stick to I don't need to see like tumors out of people's backs. Oh, you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, you should Ooh, see it. No. One of the one of the cysts, oh, she took both of her hands, like the palm of her hands, and squeezed it like she was clapping mm. and it exploded. Loaded pus onto a wall. Remember, I had that big uh, thing on my neck. Oh my god! Yes, <laughs> I, had a, I had like a golf Merry ball. Merry Christmas! Yeah, I had like a golf ball inside my neck. Well, the, the only person neck. that's sicker than me is my sister mm-hmm. when it comes to this stuff and yeah. a lot of other things. Yeah. But uh, you had what we thought was like a big zit uh-huh. on your back of your neck one yeah. Christmas. And boo, we we got it. Yeah. And I took a video of it. Yeah, it was pretty gross. And it and it's oh, it was it just kept squirting out mm-hmm. pus. Yeah. And you were screaming. It's the only as good I thing, remember. Only good thing she's ever done for me. 
Oh, yeah. that's true. How's she doing? Oh, I forgot. I don't care. Uh, Good one, boo. That was nice. <laughs> Just go right by it. She was texting me last night. I you want to get into that? I do. Okay. Get into all those great texts. I do. She's such a sweetheart. Well, listen, guys. We she's all so get text kind. messages from you know, she's our kind. siblings. Yeah. She's kind and um, full of joy. I think this would be a fun one to uh-huh. start. Um, well, I like this one. It's, it always starts with a bit of a riddle. You never know where she's going to go. Yeah. So she called first, mm-hmm. and I didn't answer because yeah. we'll get to our movie night in a minute. Yeah. But uh, her, t- her first text was, I never call. Uh-huh. And then she said, sister, please help. <laughs> <laughs> was at the cabin. And do you, should I keep going? Yeah, uh, yeah. So there's just that. a lot of hateful words. Uh-huh. Um, you know, it's, it's always good to hear from her. It really because she brings joy to everybody's lives. I hope you take responsibility and handle a couple of things. She's sweet. Uh-huh. She ended it with idiots. Uh-huh. It was about 18 text messages, uh-huh. and guys, I didn't she respond. Called, she called us idiots. Yes, plural. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. I know. I know. We're so dumb. I know. Well, it's hard being an idiot. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, here's the thing. I struggle with, I should have fought back, but uh-huh. I knew after counseling yeah. sessions and after us talking, the best thing I could do is ignore, Yeah, which is not what I'm doing right Just now. Just to refresh your memory for the listeners who may not remember, this is the same woman who uh, lied and said that her son's dog had cancer and needed to be put down, and then like the next day I was like, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and, like, the I was drunk. Yeah. So there you um, go. That's who we're dealing with. I don't know how we started talking no, about her. No, it's okay. She's a yeah. uh, dark oh, presence. Oh, yeah. Dead skin. That's how we started talking about her. <laughs> uh. You know, she really is like a scab that mm-hmm. won't go away. Oh, yeah. It hurts. Mm. Like those scabs on your knees when you're little, and you're like, God damn, how long is this yeah. going to take? Yeah. Anyway. It's like a scab that's had 27 elective surgeries okay. to fix the scab. I and it's still a scab. No. Okay, anyway. She's a presence of evil. Anywho, (sighs) speaking of evil, last night Mm -hmm. I got to choose movie night. You did? (laughs) Yeah, I did. You you picked some good ones. uh, Before we get into it, and you, the fact that you picked these, is everything okay? (laughs) Where are you at right now, boo? Where are you at emotionally? (laughs) You picked some some intense movies last night. We had a double feature. And it all started because uh, some I don't know how we started talking about because like, the holiday we saw the Nancy Myers oh, movie right. the holiday we were scrolling through and I was like oh you ever seen that movie because I like Jack Black and I I hadn't seen that one so that would have been a good idea uh-huh. first of all I love Nancy Myers uh-huh. and now you understand her uh-huh. decor her decor style is very Martha Stewart meets Crate and Barrel meets Pottery Barn yeah. very, but like very Pinterest white. yeah yes it's like mayonnaise like giant just, oversized plates yeah just really big but like mm-hmm. done well uh-huh. done very nicely. Big white coffee mugs. Oh, yeah. You just want to go to her beach house. Mm-hmm. There's always a high ceiling in a Nancy Myers movie. Beams. We're talking good decor. Mm-hmm. And the story and stuff is whatever. But, like, the decor, <laughs> amazing. So we have Father the Bride, The Holiday, uh, Something's Gotta Give. Mm-hmm. Pretty much any Diane Keaton-esque movie mm-hmm. where you're Diane like. Diane Keaton-esque? Yeah. <laughs> You know, Diane Keaton-esque. She's not in this movie, but it's Diane-Keaton-esque. Turtlenecks are a big thing. J. Crew, in a, if J. Crew made a movie, mm-hmm. if J. Crew was a movie, yeah. I feel like that's Nancy If Myers. Panera Bread got yes. into films. Yeah. I always get Diane Keaton and uh, Annette Bening mixed up. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Diane Keaton's a legend. Mm-hmm. And she likes to drink wine with ice cubes. Yeah. So. I don't understand... 
So Diane Keaton is a legend, is that right? Yes. I've never been blown away by her. I think she I think she gets a lot of mileage off of her quirky wardrobes. Hey, look, I'm a 70-year-old woman wearing a bow tie and suspenders. Aren't I quirky? You shut your whore mouth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Diane Keaton is a goddamn touch legend. Really? Yes. Oh, how dare you? I'll take Annette Benning over her. Okay. I like Annette Benning. Well, I like Annette Benning too, mm-hmm. but we're not talking about nervous okay. breakdown women. Uh-huh. We're talking about goddamn legends okay. of the screen mm-hmm. from from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. We're talking Annie Hall. We're talking Father of the Bride. Mo- Annie Hall movie you won't let me watch anymore. We're mm-hmm. not allowed to watch Woody Allen movies. Oh yeah, sorry. I still. I mean, that's a whole other can of worms. It's like not I mean, this I don't. We got so many things. I mean, I didn't get to go to my Target yeah. conspiracy theory. Still want to watch Zeit, uh, uh, Zelig every now and then. I almost said Zeitgeist. Zelig. Yeah, that's that's a good uh, that uh, Woody, Woody Allen movie. Why do I think there's eggs? Eggs. Oh, I don't know. Just <laughs> Zelig is the one that was done like a mockumentary, and it was kind of like a Forrest Gump uh, type premise where the same guy keeps showing up in all these historical. Uh, moments. Oh, that's know? funny. Yeah, like you just you see him on the background of. You know, no, he's a great filmmaker. He just likes to date children. Yeah, yeah. That's anyway. I'm sorry. Speaking Di- of dating yeah, children. Yes, uh-huh. So we're <laughs> weird. Speaking weird of dating. Okay. Yeah. So we were gonna. I, I was. I don't know why, but I was like, hey, let's let's. I mean, we're, you were we're, being very sweet. You were being like the fiance of the year. Like, what, let's watch a Katie movie. We're very democratic when it comes to our entertainment, and uh, it takes a long. We time. have a whole system. It takes a whole um, long time. Guys. But I was just ready to just concede and be like, why don't we just watch the rommiest rom com? You know, let Katie scratch that itch. <laughs> so why don't you pick out a good Nancy Meyer movie and we'll watch it. <laughs> And, and then, I, then I, you, yeah. Then you went down a dark rabbit hole. Went down a weird hole. Uh-huh. I'm not gonna lie; it was weird. I well, here's the thing: I was thinking, Nancy Myers, you were being so cute. So I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get movies that we both like. Uh-huh. That's where I was going. Can't go wrong with a thriller. Mm-hmm. You just can't. And you love also, a thriller. you, I love a thriller. I know you don't love a thriller. I don't but mind like, a thriller. Yeah, if it's good, you, you don't. You know. Mm-hmm. So I looked up on Rotten Tomatoes, mm-hmm. the best thrillers 2020, mm-hmm. and boy, did I go deep. Yeah. I researched for about an hour. Yeah. <laughs> there were screenshots, <laughs> there were trailer reviewings, and we narrowed it down to five, because uh-huh. I started off with like 15, and mm-hmm. you said that's too many trailers to watch yeah. in a row. Yeah, I can't say with 15 trailers. <laughs> that was a lot of them. That was a lot. <laughs> so um, the, what were they? Oh. We got villains, we got uh, hands of love, oh, hounds of love. Ooh. Uh, Hands of Love is a different movie. Uh, <laughs> Clovich Killer, Christine, and Luce? Luce, I think. L-U-C-E. Luce. So we went with, uh, <laughs> the first one was Clovich Killer, and then we followed up with uh, Hounds of Love. So you want to explain these movies to us? Sure. Clovich Killer, a killer is about a serial killer. Uh-huh. Who happens to be a dad. Uh-huh. And a Boy Scout troop leader. Yeah. And uh-huh. he's he's a predominant man in this uh, very small town. And he's, he, a, he's a predominant man? Predominant. Predominant. What? Pro- prominent? Prominent man. Mm-hmm. Is that? Predominant. What's predominant? Predominant, for? I think, usually means um, like... Um, like, uh, I'll use it in a sentence. Like, this neighborhood is predominantly gay. Ah. Mostly. I think predominantly means like mostly. Oh, so he mm-hmm. is in a predominantly Christian town. Oh, okay. 
Was he? I don't remember I think so. that being. Remember a big, they were real Christiany. Well, the fam, the wife was. I don't know if the whole town was. Anyway, right. anywho, I'm not trying to mansplain guys, your vocabulary. It's okay. You just confuse me. No, I don't. I, uh-huh. I. Didn't but he was a prominent figure in the community. Mm-hmm. He was. That's, he was prominent. Okay, there it is. Mm-hmm. There it is. Mm-hmm. And it's he is played by Dylan Mc. I never. I McDermott. Get, McDermott. Dylan McDermott, and then there's. Dilbert Mulroney. There's Dermot Mulroney. Of, they oh, kind of look alike. I think it's no, it was Dermot Mulroney, wasn't it? No, I think last night was Still the first one. Yeah, I always get those two guys Whatever. confused. Anyway, but haunting, mm-hmm. very good. Yeah, kind of missing a little couple things there, but yes, it's about a serial killer. A solid B plus. Who's I into torture porn? <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot of uh, a <laughs> lot of bondage. In both movies, a lot, of, a lot of women being chained up, yeah, and uh-huh. unfortunately, and then other bad things. Yeah, women that are happen to be younger. Uh-huh. I guess that's a serial killer thing. Like they like younger ladies as opposed to older. So maybe you know. No, I don't think that's exclusive. I think to, like serial I think, killers are ageist. I think no. I think you can be a serial killer and not be into a specific age. I don't know. Not I, according I think, to those. Two I think movies. they go hand in hand. I think if you're <laughs> Going to, you know, if you're really into chaining up and torturing young girls, boy, this is a dark conversation. Ooh, uh, that, that usually the end game is you might as well go ahead and kill them. So, hope nobody records this episode snippets yeah. out of context. Oh boy! Well, guys, okay, so that was the one. Yeah, so that, that was started. And that was that was good. That was started on uh, Saturday night. Family man, father, Boy Scout troop. Also happens to be the local serial killer. And his son discovers it. And we're not spoiling that, by the way, because they kind of imply that in the trailer. Yeah. yeah. But there's some twists and turns along the way that we won't spoil. But very solid movie. Uh, What was it called? A solid B. Clovich Killer. Clovich Clovich Killer, which is also a knot, by the way. Named after the Clovich Knot, I guess is a... And I think it's based on a true story. Was it? I don't know. I always say that. Why, do, why did you say I that? Think, I think it was. Many of my research, there was a based on a true story mm-hmm. somewhere. No, that was loose. Okay. No. Christine? Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. I'm just saying names now. So Troy? We, so that, was, that started off the night <laughs> with a good, uh, oops, my dad's a serial killer movie. And it had not really a redeem. I mean, it was okay ending, but like we were kind of like, there was a there was a couple plot points that were a little hollow. Yeah, you know. But it's a but, good movie to have on, and like if you need to go get a beverage, mm-hmm. if you need to go to the bathroom, you could keep it on. It's not you're not going to miss mm-hmm. much, but and it's it, still entertaining. It, it was thrilling, you know. It scratched that itch. So I was then gonna, we kicked it up a notch. Oh boy, yeah. Hounds of love. Oh boy. Now. Oh boy. First of all, I've never really seen Australia. Cinema. Oh, yeah? you never seen Mad Max or... Oh, or, wait. Uh, <laughs> yes, I have. Yeah, that's Australian. Oh, okay. Yeah. There's probably a lot of Australian movies Road I've Warrior, seen. Road Warrior, Mad Max, Beyond Thunderdome, all that whole, that whole trilogy. I think. Oh, okay. Was, you know, or was it? I Am I saying that just because Mel Gibson's Australian? No, you're right. It is Australian. I don't know. Anyway, uh, this filmmaker was really uh, intense. Yeah. Intense is a yeah, right word. It was an Australian movie. And the acting was incredible. In the 80s. All three of the actors. in the 80s. Yeah, set in the 80s. Set in the 80s, there it is. Current day film. is a new film, but set in 87 in Perth, Australia. Yeah. In a somewhat normal middle class neighborhood. Which. And then what happened? Oh, boy. Well. Don't give, no spoilers, but just give us the broad strokes. uh Uh-oh, I'm bad at, okay. Uh, There's, 
there's something amok <laughs> in the community. <laughs> I'm not doing spoilers. Not I'm trying a, to be very this weird couple. Okay, yeah, they're uh, this weird. weird couple. Their main hobby is kidnapping and uh, torturing and holding against their will young ladies. Yes, but I don't think there's a woman. It's a man and woman. It's a man couple. and woman. Mm-hmm. And so I think the woman. This isn't spoiling. Mm-hmm. Thinks that's it. It's just torture, kidnap, mm-hmm. and then the yeah. Then she got upset when she went to the store and came back and found <laughs> that her partner may or may not have raped. The kidnapping victim, and the which I found acted, odd, like yeah. when, which she seems so hurt and betrayed. <laughs> like, listen, all right, we decided as a team that we would kidnap and torture young ladies, <laughs> all right, but I didn't think that you wanted to have sex with them. Can you imagine them in a counseling appointment? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> she ten years. Got her- <laughs> it's been ten years. I said he could kidnap four girls. That's it. Four. It's our kink. Oh, boy. We're we're sex positive. So, anyway, the girl that gets captured, Mm -hmm. she starts playing mind games Mm -hmm. with the woman, like, Mm -hmm. to try to, like, put them against each other. Mm -hmm. And it's a a psychological... It's uh, bleak. Bleak. Very bleak. Very bleak. I had to go take a shower and watch some (laughs) cartoons after both those movies. Well, and then... Yeah, we needed to lighten it up. Mm-hmm. So after Hounds of Love, which was, mm-hmm. you know, rough. That's one of the most intense uh, in intense in uh, that ballpark and that umbrella of just sexual sadism. That's one of the most intense movies I've seen in a while. Yeah. Like it's, I mean, I'm trying to remember. There's nothing. Well, it's. It's weirdly graphic, but not. And yeah, so you're like, oh. There's no, like, like. doors are shutting, but it's like, if you've seen. Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. I never saw that. It's a very similar, it's just a real bummer. Yeah. But they do a similar tactic of like, oh, don't look at the rape. We're yeah. not going to show it. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but you trust can, this But you little, can hear it. Yeah. <laughs> you can hear the, you see the whales aftermath. in the screen. You see the cleanup afterwards. You got the trash bag picking up all the... It was rough. And ugh. it was long. And these movies weren't short. They were like two... Yeah, they, they like took a lot movies. out of it. It was, it was an investment. But at least we washed it down with some Bravermans. That's true. And you know? Yeah, you decided... The uh, Parenthood, hey, guys. Hey, let's get yeah. a palate cleanser of the cancer episode of Parenthood. The saddest scene. Yeah. The saddest episode of Parenthood. Mm. So we had a great night of it was entertainment. Tough. I'm yeah. not going to say it was great, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to say it was bad. I think it was healthy. But I, enjoy, I you know, I enjoyed it. Like because I have been, uh, I've been kind of on a movie kick lately. Um, I watched Jeremiah Johnson yesterday. Is that that uh, mountain one? Yeah, with uh, Robert Redford. Uh, that was that's fun. Um, I've been on a Harry Dean Stanton kick lately. I watched uh, a movie called Lucky with him uh i rented oh, yeah, but i have yeah, not yet watched uh paris texas i'm gonna watch it anyway i've been kind of on a like artsy yeah artsy I, it, journey yeah not that i'm like a, i'm definitely not a film buff i mean i mean i enjoy movies but i i'm not smart enough to articulate why this movie is better than that movie and all the you know i i just i'm not yeah. educated on on film and the techniques and and all in storytelling but uh i you know i like movies but i've been craving like some grittiness. You have. I've been I, craving like some some dark gritty movies, and boy, those two scratched the itch last night. Well, I love your dark gritty movies when you're into that because I'm like, okay, yes, and I go for it, uh-huh. and I find the darkest grittiest movie there could be. But the other day, uh, you, I walked in, and I, I think it's great that you were watching the Mountain Man mm-hmm. thing, Jeremiah Johnson. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
but uh, Wild. You're watching oh, Wild. Oh, Into the Wild. Into the Wild. Yeah, I like that movie. And so these are just, these are men that, what, escape, right? Yeah. Society and they just mm-hmm. go alone. Yeah. Lone similar wolf. similar stories, kind of? Well, somewhat similar. I mean, uh, Jeremiah Johnson's set in the 1800s, and he does uh, <laughs> get uh, gifted a wife, a Native American wife. What? And he, he kind <laughs> of uh, adopts an uh, orphan boy. Uh-huh. So he goes out into the woods by himself <laughs> and then quickly has a wife he didn't ask for and a child to take care of that's not his own. So, uh, But then, hey, not... There's no spoilers in a 50-year-old movie, by the way. But uh, not to worry, uh, both the the woman and the child get murdered uh, by by Indians, Native Americans, uh, shortly thereafter. So, so then you know the bright side is he's alone again, like he originally <laughs> intended. So it's, huh. it's a good feel-good movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, hmm. Should I be concerned? Or you always get worried when I watch like uh, wilderness movies because you think you think that I'm. Uh, it's just because of the van. It's because, like, oh, oh, he's going to go back to his roots. You miss it. You miss it at times. I, I, I do think not you miss do. I think a van. you look at these. Uh, here's the thing I think you might be secretly setting up an escape plan from me, and that's fine because I get it. We're in quarantine. Uh-huh. I want to escape from you every day. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> just kidding. I understand. No. But you know what I mean? Like, I think. I, I understand that need in you that has to like go into nature and eat mushrooms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. But, but uh, you know, I, I get nervous because these stories, they don't really end well. Like, look at the Into the Wild kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, poor me. I ate some grapes that were bad. <laughs> All self-inflicted, by the way. That's Anyway, we won't get into this. Mm-hmm. We've already had this discussion this uh-huh. week. We we agree to disagree. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then you came in here. I was watching a Harry Dean Stanton documentary, and you started just shitting all over him. You didn't even know who he was. Like oh, those old crazy the guy, guy. From Pre- Pretty and Pink. Yeah, well, the guy from Pretty, the guy the from, from that and, and two hundred other movies. But you just immediately started shitting on that old guy. Well, I have a theory about men in their forties, uh-huh. but it's fine. In theory, if they're alone and haven't had a serious relationship, mm-hmm. they're fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. Boy, I, I just barely dodged that bullet, thanks to you. You're welcome. Uh-huh. No, here's the thing, boo. I uh, I will admit I do uh, sometimes desire the freedom um, that the van afforded me. Uh, <laughs> I do sometimes desire to go out in the woods for weeks at a time um, and get away from society but the, the, the twist now is uh, I want you to be right by my side. Isn't that great? I want great? you to come with me. I'm not, I have no interest. I have no desire to get away from you. Oh, yeah. I have desire to get away from people, the city, the hustle and bustle. But now all my daydreams about that involve you. Like That's you come sweet. with me and we go camping. Yeah? Huh. Which you have no interest in. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be a good partner. I know, Camp. Yeah. Um, I think it's amazing that you want to go out into nature, and Mm -hmm. I think you should do that. Mm -hmm. And then I'll say here, (laughs) go to India. Go to India. Go to India. No, I think. (laughs) Look, you go, and then I'll watch all the animals. We have all these animals. You're not going. Why won't you go camping with me? Let's I've go been camping, camping with you. Have we? Yes. When? Yes. When have we gone camping? Joshua Tree. That wasn't camping. We had an Airbnb. Oh. I'm talking about <laughs> tents and cots. Yeah. And fires. I think we did. No, 
I don't think you've gone camping with me. Uh-huh. It's I've fun. hung out in your van. That's true. That's you've, you've gone urban camping with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, I'll, I'll camp with you. I'm not going to... How long? I'm already getting nervous. A couple days. I'm like sweating. Mm-hmm. No, it'll be fun. We're going to go camping when it cools off. You're going to love it. We'll have a blast. Yeah, we'll see. Should we get that. into some calls? Yes, Luke? let's do it. This is the Stonebergs podcast. I'm Dave Stone. I'm Katie Stranberg. Stoneberg. Get it? Oh, Woo. boy. Um, thanks for all the calls this week. We got a ton Gosh. of calls this week. Listen, I'm loving it. The calls keep coming in. I am loving the calls. So let's uh, let's okay. go ahead and get into one. Here's uh, Let's see. Here's one that happened the other day. Hi, Dave and Katie. This is Carla from Indianapolis. Uh, two parts to my call. First, um, I've been feeling kind of anxious lately, but at this point, you guys have like 20-something episodes, so I've been going back and listening to old episodes of you guys being goobers, uh, and it's just very calming, and it's very comforting, so I first wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, Second part, Katie, I'm super sorry about this, but it's very important. Dave, do you know about Cupie Mayonnaise? K-E-W-P-I-E, like the doll. It's Japanese mayonnaise, and instead of using the entire egg, they only use the egg yolk. And it is just, I'm Duke's oil myself, but I keep some Kewpie around because it excels in, like, cold salads, like egg salad, chicken salad, stuff like that. So get you some, and let me know what you think. I love you guys a lot. Thank you so much, and uh, later. All right, Kewpie mayonnaise. Uh, thanks, Carla. Unfamiliar with QP mayonnaise, but I will definitely look into it. I'm, uh, yeah, like yourself, like you said, I, I too am obviously Duke's loyal. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm up for uh, new mayonnaise fun. Yeah. Just like you. I know no, how to I'm excited. Carla, listen, let me tell you, I love you so much, Carla. And I love your style. I like that you think we're relaxing. That is such a nice compliment. Um, and you're right. You're right to say, hey, Dave, here's something that I think you'd like. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't gag when you were talking because you have such a lovely voice yeah. until there was the cold salad talk. Egg salad, chicken <sighs> salad. Anyway, you know what? Let's not get into the mayonnaise thing again. But boo, uh, We do need to get into oh, the mayonnaise boy. thing again. Here's the thing, boo. Remember, uh, remember a couple nights ago we got some Outback takeout? Yes. Remember how good that was? Yes. I hadn't had Outback in a while. Yeah. I was like, let's get some Outback. We had Outback. a chain restaurant. Yeah. It's I like that. One of the few chains I'm into. Yeah. I said, let's, let's get some Outback. Remember how good their uh, house salad is? Remember yes. How, remember how tasty that was? Yes, I do. That was a good house salad. Got the red onions. Mm-hmm. Got the cheese. Mm-hmm. Got the good uh, lettuce. Mm-hmm. Got the little, ooh, little half cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Remember how good their ranch dressing was? I didn't have the ranch dressing. I had a Caesar salad. You put ranch dressing on something the other night. No. No, you didn't. No, I didn't. I had, no, you are thinking Caesar. I've been on a Caesar salad kick Mm -hmm. because I think Caesar is A, a great dictator. Uh (laughs) I don't think he was. Was Caesar a dictator? I don't know. I I was really shooting for the hoops. Um, Okay. Well, I think, you know what, if uh, if I'm not mistaken, my argument still uh, (laughs) rings true. Regardless if it was a Caesar salad. That was pretty good Caesar dressing, wasn't it? Caesar salad is very good. Uh-huh. Caesar that, salad is that's good. That's Caesar dressing, uh, much like ranch dressing. 
that you put on something the other night. I, I saw you I did ranch. not put ranch on because I know that you're going to be like, and then we'll get into the mayonnaise and Caesar. Whatever. There is not. I bet there is. Not at Outback. Where's the creamy component coming from? I don't know. Milk? What makes it creamy? Maybe milk. Just milk. You know what else is in Yogurt. Do you know what else is in Yogurt. Caesar dressing? No. Anchovies. Anchovies. Well, there you go. Milk and anchovies. Chop them up, blend them together, put some ice in it. And pepper. Put some ice in it. What the hell are you talking about? I don't know. Boo. (laughs) You enjoy things that have mayonnaise in them. I don't want to go down this road. What is your problem with mayonnaise? Why can't you love me for me? I just can't, boo. It's driving a wedge between us. Well, I'm sorry. An iceberg wedge full of blue cheese. (laughs) What is your problem with mayonnaise, boo-boo? We've gone over this. The consistency, the smell, the look. It's disgusting. It's just it's, egg. Oh. It's just, it's not like some weird animal product. Even though, well, yeah, it, duh. <laughs> I'm saying <laughs> it's not like I'm asking you to eat like chicken gizzards or anything. Yeah. I mean, I, do I make you watch Real Housewives of Potomac? I get enough of it in my peripheral. <laughs> okay, so that's not the same thing. What I'm saying is, Bo, you would, if, if, what if I said kale wasn't everything? If so, oh, kale's and soup. If somewhere oh, kale's in, and barbecue sauce. Oh, kale's in our soap. If the Real Housewives <laughs> of Potomac. I mean, that's uh, a great show, if by the there way. Was, Guys, get into it. If there were Bigfoot plot lines, <laughs> you know, if there were Bigfoot and true crime and baseball and karate in there that I just didn't see on the surface, you know, on the, on the previews I didn't show, then, then you would want me to watch because you're like, hey, you like some of this stuff. Don't judge it too quickly. You like some of this stuff. Watch it. I, I, here's the thing. There's a lot of things you could say about me, but I am not judgmental. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you are. <laughs> I don't mean to be, but I totally am. Okay. I just couldn't even say that out loud. You I, would, I'm not. I asking. know that I'm wrong. I know that I'm wrong in my judgmental weird rants. You're mm-hmm. right. The other day when I walked in and interrupted your documentary about that sad sack, I shouldn't have done that. That was me. And I shouldn't have interrupted fucking wild guy that's a privileged white guy that decided to kill him. Anyway, I don't need to judge your viewing. Uh And that's fair. And I'm sorry. So I'm assuming that that's how you feel about mayonnaise. Well, no, here's the point. I don't... I don't really know where I was going. I, I don't win or lose regardless. Oh, okay. It's, it's you are depriving yourself of, of culinary joy. No, I'm good. I, don't worry about me. I'm good. See, that kind of flippant attitude, <laughs> that is just... I'm being the peacemaker in this relationship. I just I'm wish saying, you hey, would be... Hey, lover of mine... Uh, <laughs> you, you, let's just not talk about you this. You take pride in how liberal and progressive and open-minded you are. But Do yet, I? But yet you're, <laughs> you're very red state conservative when it comes to mayonnaise. How dare you? Yes. What is that? What's that? Oh, that's somebody, uh, that's that, uh, we've talked about that, how, The uh, boomboxes? Yeah. Long Beach is such a bike city. Oh, you can't so, have air- headphones on. Well, I don't know if it's a law or not, but you shouldn't you shouldn't have earbuds or earphones, uh, headphones on when you're riding a bike, so that way you can hear surrounding traffic. And a lot of people uh, agree with me with that. So to combat that, they just strap a Bluetooth uh, speaker to their bike and uh, blare the worst music. Oh, it's fun. I like it. It's so bad. I, oh, 
Just once, I'd love to see somebody just blaring some Almond Brothers on their bike. Ooh, you have a bike. Let's get you out there. You got a speaker. Let's hook it up. Anyway. (laughs) Let's go. QP mayonnaise, Asian mayonnaise. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm all about it. Mm Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. Thank you, call. Carla, for the sweet, kind words. <laughs> you suck. Uh, you suck. <laughs> hey, Stoneberg, my name's Kevin. I'm currently driving from Chicago back home to Oceanside, California, with a car full of shit. Uh, we're moving back home. I've uh, been in Chicago for three years, kind of over the Midwest life, going back to Southern California. Anyways, um, I got a question. Dave. Um, you seem to have a whole lot of different career uh, jobs, kind of like a Homer Simpson where you kind of just do a little bit of everything. I was wondering if you could maybe provide us with like a timeline of when all this stuff happens because it seems like a jumbled mess and I don't know how anybody has that much time to do, you know, all those jobs. And Katie, I was just wondering, have you ever had any real weird jobs? Uh Thanks for this podcast. Huge fan. I got a backlog that I'm listening to on this 30-so-hour drive. Um, oh, thanks. Bye. All right, Kevin. Thanks Kevin. for the call. I like the way he said a car full of shit. Like, he said it like he was actually hauling manure. <laughs> uh. <laughs> well, welcome back to SoCal. That's yeah, man. Exciting. Oceanside's beautiful. Yeah, it's really pretty. We drove through there uh, on the way to vacation. Just don't take an exit. Yeah. And then, you know, get lost. Watch, watch out around Camp Pendleton. Yeah. Um, okay. You know what? This is something that uh, oh, no. I've been meaning to get to for years. Uh, I know I've had some Boogie Monster listeners inquire about this. And, uh, you know, and I, I try not to be all like old man, blowhardy, you know, listen to all the shit I've done. Um, but it just, it, it comes up in conversation from time to time, uh, inevitably, because I have had so many jobs and so many different occupations that uh, inevitably there will be an anecdote uh, here or there talking about it. But uh, what I've done here, Boo Boo. Oh, boy. Is I, I have, uh, I have written out my entire <laughs> employment history. Now, um, it's, it's pretty uh, lengthy. Now, the way I kind of look back on it uh, in terms of, like, careers, um, I can basically divide my work history into four, I think, f- five categories. Okay. Let me think. Wait, One, radio. two. Yeah. Yeah, five categories. Okay. Um, radio DJ. Oh, and, and yeah. other stuff. That I was, was like your big wig. Yeah, I did job. radio stuff. Mm-hmm. Then I did band tour managing. There you go. Then I was a cop. We've talked about that. Then I was uh, I owned a landscaping company. Yep. And then I became a comedian. There you so go. So in, in terms of like uh, significant, relevant uh, careers, I kind of block it off into five different chapters there. Uh, however, there are so many uh, actual jobs to fill in those gaps. Um, I, I guess I'll just get into it, Boo. Um, Woo, all I've, right. Let's do it. Now, uh, I have the list here as yeah. well. Now, a couple of these, let me just say, um, rather than job jobs, I've, I've uh, broken up into sources of income. And what I mean is I've, I've got a bit of an entrepreneurial streak in me. Mm-hmm. So uh, some, some different places in my resume here will be just uh, little self-employed things. For example, uh, in 2015, I made uh, a decent little uh, bit of income uh, that year from my biscuit pop-up. 
Oh, right. So that's you, not a job per se, but I've included that on this list. You know, people call that a side hustle. Side bro. hustle. Side yeah. hustle. So I got all my side, side hustles. hustles. I got my regular, you know, uh, taxable income. Yep. Uh, plus I got my side hustles. Not that I don't pay <clears throat> taxes on my side hustle. No, you uh, do. Very well, by the way. So, all right. And I'll try to make this somewhat, this is going to be lengthy Ooh. because there's a lot. Um, Kevin, I go, get excited. Should I give the number first? Uh. Yeah, why not? I've I've pretty sure this is accurate, unless I'm missing some. I'm definitely not adding any that weren't true. I've got it. Uh, I've got it tallied at 45 different jobs since I started working. That got is a Renaissance man right there. 45. That is a Renaissance man. 45 different sources you of can income. Do 45 different things. All right. So. All right. Uh, no, a lot of them are the same thing. Okay. Just don't well, just All right. So here we go. <clears throat> this is going to take a while, but I'm going to go through it. And I'll try not to elaborate too much on each one. Charlie's, Charlie's not happy about it. All right. Starting uh, in eighth grade and ninth grade, back in 91 and 92, uh, I think I may have mentioned this before, but uh, my father and I had our own family baseball card business. It was right when the Braves started getting good. They went from worst to first from 90 to 91. 1990, they were the worst team in the National League. 1991, they won the National League pennant. So that created a big buzz uh, in Georgia for uh, the Braves and then baseball in general. And then uh, it was just kind of in the heyday of baseball cards. So uh, for about two years, uh, we owned a baseball card business. And uh, much of that time, we had an actual shop. We were in the back of Act One Video in Canton, Georgia. My oh, dad, I love that. My dad struck Act up a One deal video. with a local video store where we would. Uh, they had this little back room, um, didn't have a doorway or anything. So, when, we, and we were only open on the weekend. So we'd open Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then uh, to close up, we would just put big movie cutouts. Like there'd just be a life-size Michael J. Fox cutout, and then a life-size Arnold Schwarzenegger, like, movie uh, video store. Oh, yeah, uh, like the old school uh, ones. Paraphernalia, memorabilia. Yeah, the that promo. Kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. instead of a door or any gate, we would just block off that open back uh, area where the shop was and put uh, cardboard cutouts. Amazing. And then, of course, the, the store clerks would keep an eye. Like, no one was allowed to rummage through uh, you know, when we're close, but anyway, so that was my first actual like source of income. And, and we would do uh, the baseball card shop and then um, we would do all the festivals. Mm. We'd do the oh, Apple Festival cute. and the River Festival. And, um, you know, so by every other weekend, we were out at some, especially in the fall, at some festival setting up selling baseball cards. So that's number one. I'll try to make this quick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. From March of 93 to June of 93, I was a little league umpire. That's hilarious. Did that for one season in my when I was in tenth grade, so that was fun. Uh, from August ninety three to October ninety three, this only lasted a couple months. I was a cook at Mom and Pop's Country Buffet in Canton, Georgia. Aww. So I did that while I was playing football my junior year. I would work uh, weekends and stuff like that, uh, just cooking, just you know, just heating up big cans of corn and green beans to throw out on the buffet. It was just a real basic country buffet called Mom and Pop's Country Buffet. All right, October 93 to December 93, I worked at Tab's Pizza in Canton, Georgia. I was a delivery driver. Uh, two Aww. really nice lesbians owned this pizza place, which oh, uh, cute. Uh, which I even back then I thought was really cool because in back then the 90s in Canton, Georgia, not a lot of uh, uh, open openly gay folks. So uh, this is just a real cool lesbian lady who opened this uh, pizza place, and I was a delivery driver. Did that for a couple months. Uh, from December 93 to February of 94, I worked at a um, uh, cemetery. What? I worked at Cherokee Memorial Park. <laughs> uh, started off as a telemarketer. 
I would try to oh, telemarket uh, my God. Uh, grave plots, uh, no cemetery way. plots, you know. Yeah. You would just cold call people? They'd have some list, you know, and I would, yeah, I would just cold call. And I'd never what was sold your a, pitch? They had a script I would read. Oh, I, I don't remember. Oh, it was no. a script. Hello, this is Dave from Cherokee Memorial Park. Oh. As you know, no one lives forever, so oh. you have to plan accordingly. And I would try to sell, and I never didn't sell a damn one. I so bet. then they oh, transferred God. me. Um, uh, I started doing landscaping. I started weed eating around all the graves. They wouldn't let me drive the big mower, but I would do like uh, leaf blowing and weed eating and stuff around the. Uh, I did the not cemetery. know this. Yeah, so, yeah. did you ever see any ghosts? No. Did you ever feel anything creepy? Was it creepy? It was creepy. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, I was doing it in the middle of the day. It's not like I was out there in the middle of the night by myself, you know, mowing or anything. But yeah, it, it was weird just walking wow. around. Walking. It was a huge, like you know, like forest lawn type place, like just a huge sprawling. Uh, cemetery. Man, that's the beginning of a movie. That is the beginning of a movie. <laughs> so I did that. This okay. is all still while in high school. Um, and, and I don't remember what happened. I don't remember. You know, back in high school with jobs, mm-hmm. I literally, I would change jobs. I would, and we'll get to this in a minute, but I would, I would quit one grocery store job and get hired on another one simply because I liked their uniforms. Oh, they don't have to wear ties at Kroger. Oh. I'm screw this place. I'm getting hired on a Kroger where I can wear a polo instead of a tie. Like when I was in high school, that was kind of a thing. Uniforms like, a big thing. Yeah, uniforms like, a get. Oh, cool. They get to wear yeah. shorts over there. Of I'm course. going over there. I get that. Yeah, because it was all the same that. minimum wage pay. And there's always those coworkers that are those ladies that look amazing mm-hmm. in anything, and they're like, oh, I'm just whatever, and they look. So so yeah. cool and punk rock. And, and then, then if you I'm ev- sitting there in fucking dickies <laughs> that if are you, made for men. If you ever worked in the food service industry, especially at the minimum wage oh. level, then the goal was to one day get a job at a place that didn't sell food. So I didn't stink Ooh. of onion rings. Oh, oh, Mike works yes. at Champ Sporting Goods. He doesn't even have to get dirty. Oh he doesn't gosh. have to cook hot dogs and shit all day. Like, you know, you'd have the buddy that work, work retail, and you're like, at retail's least... Retail's a good Even get. though I know retail traditionally hours. sucks, but yeah. when you're a cook, you're like, I, I'd rather go do that so I don't smell like fried chicken all day. Anyway, so that had a lot to do with my hopping around in my teenage years. So anyway, uh, Cherokee Memorial Park, uh, January, and a lot of these will overlap, by the way. We're going to get to a couple of periods <laughs> in my life. There's one period where I literally had four jobs at one time. Okay. So, you, you know, these dates, if you think you're catching me in some fudging here, you're not, because there was many times where I'd have two or three jobs at the same time. I think so we these, all believe you. These we dates all were, believe you. <laughs> I'm not trying to impress you by saying I worked at TCBY <laughs> and Kroger at the same time. <clears throat> but no, this is accurate. I, I, I spent some time yesterday uh, writing this down. All right. January 94 to March of 94, I worked at TCBY, the country's best yogurt Aww. in Canton, Georgia. And I quit that job because my uh, mentally challenged coworker uh, every night would not help me close and instead have sex with her boyfriend in the bathroom. No. Yeah, yeah. What? Yeah, she was uh, legit. Was she... Like, she wasn't Whoa. full on. Like, <laughs> I'm, I'm not trying to be insensitive here, but she wasn't Down syndrome, but there was some clear cognitive issues. And she was fine. She was a nice enough gal. But I remember one week, like three nights in a row, her boyfriend would show up at closing and they'd go in the bathroom and bang while I'm doing all the work. And one day I just got mad and quit and oh left, a net, left a note on the uh, bulletin board. Oh, wow. Yeah, so what was her name? I don't remember. Um, but Feels yeah, like a Shelly. That was weird. Well, good for her. You know what? She she was probably escaping some demons somehow. Um, I don't know. So in high okay. school, the way I would do it is I played football and baseball mm-hmm. and... Um, uh, I still, most of the time, sometimes I 
there were certain seasons where I remember my dad would be like, all right, you don't have to have a job during the season. But as soon as the season's over, you need to go get a job and pay yeah. for your car, pay for insurance, right. pay for gas, that kind of stuff. So I did have some, a few gaps here in high school. But for the most part, I worked all the time in high school except for a, a few months here and there. All right, so after uh, the yogurt place, I worked at McFarland's Grocery in Canton, Georgia, a little mom-and-pop uh, grocery store from May of 94 to July of 94. Okay. Um, That's only a few months. A few months. Um, yeah, that was the one where we had to wear, uh, make a minimum wage, but we had to wear a white button-up shirt and a tie and oh. a big green apron in the summer in Georgia. And I was like, screw this. Um, then I went to work for my girlfriend's grandfather at oh. Herndon Heat and Air okay. in Canton, Georgia. My, my girlfriend at the time, her grandpa, owned a Heat and Air empire. So I did that from uh, June of 94 to August of 94. I was just a laborer, just, just roughing a few out. Months? Yeah, just construction, just roughing out houses, getting them ready to put in the uh, AC and heating units. Did you have big work boots? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fun. I was, yeah. I think I've told the story. I was the only teenager. It was about 30 just haggard, grizzled, 40 year old <laughs> redneck dudes, and then 16 year old Dave. And oh. boy, I learned a lot about life that summer. A uh, bunch of <laughs> bunch of gnarly, dirty-minded weirdos. Um, November '94 to January of '95, I worked at Kroger. Got a job over there uh, as a bag boy, and then uh, also got promoted to the dairy department. Mm-hmm. I was uh, loading up uh, frozen foods and stuff. That was a hoot. Uh, from uh, let's Seems see, it's cold. Yeah, it feels like that would be a cold job. Yeah, you have to wear gloves and stuff, but it was it was better than bagging groceries. Uh, then I transferred over to Galaxy Foods, an, um, a mom and pop. I got I got tired of the corporate grocery world of Kroger, and I went back to the mom and pop grocery store of Galaxy Foods. <laughs> Did that from uh, January of 95 to August of 95. Oh, that's a long uh, one. Did that my whole spring and summer of my senior year. And uh, the guy who owned that was a real cool dude, and all my friends worked there. It was, that was fun. Uh, let's see. October of 95 to January of 96, I worked at a used car lot. I oh. forgot the name of it, but it's a real small used car lot in Canton, Georgia, for a nice dude. And I, uh, I started off... Uh, uh, being the detail guy, I would wash and clean all the cars. The, he would buy used cars, and I would wash them and clean them and detail them and get them ready for that. And then I also started going, like, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, he would drive from Canton up to Rome, Georgia, to a big car auction. Oh, wow. And I would go with him uh, to drive back a car. So we'd ride up there together. He'd buy a car. Sometimes he'd take another two or three guys if he's going to buy two or three cars. But I'd ride with him to the auction. He'd purchase a car, and I'd drive it back to the lot. So wow. I was a detail guy slash auction driver. So that was pretty fun. Uh, let's see. Then uh, October of 95 to April of 96, I have a bit about this. This is when I worked at Ingalls Grocery Store. Mm-hmm. Uh, I worked at six different Ingalls Grocery Stores in and around uh, Canton. Uh, Canton, Georgia, Ackworth, Georgia, Marietta, Georgia. I was a loss prevention officer. Oh. I have a bit about that where I would just uh, I would just hang out, pretend to be a customer, and I try to bust shoplifters. Oh and, uh, yeah, okay. did that job for six okay. months. I busted one guy, and it just happened to be a severely mentally challenged kid that I knew who, in fact, didn't steal anything. But oh, I tackled him. I tackled him. That that joke is <laughs> no embellishment. I tackled him on the uh, sidewalk because I thought he had stolen uh, something from the deli. Uh, not to rehash the joke, but I was watching him. I knew the guy; he was a nice kid, but he was severely. <laughs> Like, Aww. everybody was nice to him because he was, you know, there was Special. no question, this, this poor fella. Charlie, shut up. Uh, he went back and got something from the deli department. You know how you go get some cheese or meat or whatever, and then they weigh it and put it in the bag and put the price tag on it hand it to you? Well, you're supposed to take that up to the uh, register and pay for it. He just took that. 
and walked out the door. And uh, I gave chase and tackled him, uh, only to learn that it was a free complimentary one slice of cheese that oh, the sweet old lady had given him. A free sample. So, uh, yeah. did you did you lose I, your I, job I, from I that? I think I got you... asked to. Uh, I, th- I think they didn't really need my services after that. Oh boy. Um, okay. All right, so that's that. Uh, October ninety five to June of ninety four, same window. I uh, oh yeah. Uh, the same window, I had my own little uh, self-employed uh, auto detail, mobile auto detail. I had a badass uh, 83 CJ7 Jeep. Ooh. I've showed you the picture of the red one. I love red Jeep. Just beautiful red, <laughs> old CJ7 Jeep. I had the 33-inch tires. I had the nice wheels. I had uh, all the all the goodies on that. And it was really an impressive uh, Jeep. I bought it uh, for just a few thousand and, and spent some money dressing it up. Uh, aesthetically, it was amazing. Mechanically, it was a piece of shit. It was always breaking down. But um, I used that. I got some of those magnets, Dave's Auto Detail. And it was kind of like a rolling advertisement. Like, oh, man, because the, the Jeep really was eye-catching. And then people would see him like, and like, yeah, man, I'll make your car look this good. And I, uh, Oh, wow, a little I, marketer. I, yeah, I, I had a little auto detail uh, service. And I did pretty good. Like, I, I stayed pretty busy. I ran an ad in the local paper. I'd hand out flyers. And I'd just come over to your house. And, you know, hey, 30 bucks, I'll... I'll wash it, vacuum it, 50, I'll wax it, whatever. Wow, that's But I did that. Then uh, April of 96 to June of 96, uh, just uh, one year removed from high school, my my freshman year of college, I went went back to my high school, Cherokee High School, as a substitute teacher. I was 18 years old. That is so weird. And, and uh, because I was, I graduated when I was seventeen, and I was friends with a lot of guys from you know football and stuff that were a year below me. But technically, when I came back as an eighteen-year-old substitute teacher, there were many of my friends that were actually older than me by a month or two. So I'm, I still don't agree that they should have let me do that. An eighteen-year-old shouldn't substitute no. other teenage high no, school kids. No, he really shouldn't. And I did that. Or she. I did that. I got fired from that. Oh, uh, no. The principal, we I, we knew each other obviously because I went there, and she was a very nice lady. And uh, but she had to fire me because I had the jeep, and I drove it one day to school, and I didn't have the doors or the top on, so it was just everything's exposed. And I forgot that I had a machete under my floor mat, oh. and a machete was sticking out. And somebody saw it and complained because it was in the teacher's parking lot. <laughs> and then she's like, "Yeah, you can't." Uh, you Why can't. did you have a machete? I just in always your kept Jeep. a machete on me just Why? for safety. There's not a Jeep machete. It's an intimidating weapon. You're the only person I've ever known yeah. that has a machete with them at all times. It's an odd choice. It's a it's a problem okay. solver. Okay. All right. Uh, well, so I'm- I was kind of friendly fired from that. She felt bad, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, "I understand." But then. Uh, due to some technicality, because uh, then I got hired by the assistant principal slash football coach to be the landscaper. So they wouldn't let me, I couldn't teach anymore (laughs) because of the machete. But they were like, hey, machete, this is your true calling. Why don't you get out there and cut the grass? Use the machete on this, you psycho. So yeah, I did. uh, Don't kill anybody. Then I started, I was like the lone (laughs) groundskeeper of this, the whole campus. And it was great all summer. It was when I was going to broadcasting school. I'd go to broadcasting school in the morning, like uh, from like eight to noon, and then I'd come. And then I, what happened? Did you just rip your pants. Oh no! Yeah. You just ripped your jeans. <laughs> it's um, okay. Sorry about that. So it's then fine. I would uh, I would come back and I would just uh, and I had like a a real set schedule. Every Monday I would mow the football field. <laughs> every Tuesday I'd mow the baseball field. And every oh. Wednesday I'd mow this part. And that was a lot of fun. Just work by myself. 
and uh, like really didn't have technically a boss. Like you know, no one really to check in. Just as long as all the grass got cut, I could come and go as I please. And that was a good little gig, also at my alma mater. So that uh, concludes the uh, kind of teen years uh, employment. <laughs> then I transitioned into my first actual career. Okay. In uh, September of 96, I got hired on at uh, WNNX Radio. Atlanta people might remember 99X. That was the big uh, rock station that everybody listened to when I was a teenager. Uh, we all listened to 99X. It's like K-Rock out here. And I got hired on not as a DJ because I just graduated uh, broadcasting school. So just having that little broadcasting uh, degree was enough to get my foot in the door. Uh, I was a courier for the sales department. Oh, wow. And then at night, I was uh, I did like telemarketing, like music marketing. Like we would call uh, listeners. And this we weren't selling anything. We would just... Um, we would play them snippets of three different songs, and they would have to, if you like the first one, hit one. If you like the second one, hit two. So we'd play like 10 or 15 seconds oh, that's fun. of like the new Pearl Jam song. Yeah. And then 10 or 15 seconds of the new Green Day song, and then people would tell us which one they liked. And so they would do like in-house marketing. Oh, that's cool. So I would do uh, couriering uh, during the day and marketing at night. And the couriering thing was fine, uh, was fun because for whatever reason at 99X, all their advertisers, people who were advertising on the radio, they didn't they they didn't believe in the mail. So I would have to go physically pick up checks from Tom Hardy Chevrolet and you know oh, okay. all the advertisers like old know. school. Mm-hmm. You had to go. So I would yeah. drive like the promotions van, the big ninety nine X van, all over Atlanta, just picking up checks all day. That's cool. So I would do that during the day, and then at night I would uh, come back into the station and do that marketing, and uh, not on air or anything. All right, same window. Right after broadcasting school, uh, October uh, or September of '96, I got hired on uh, my first on-air station, WMLB in Cumming, Georgia. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows my old bits about uh, Party Line and Swap Shop, oh, that's where that yeah. took place. So I, I wound up working there from uh, let's see, uh, September '96 all the way to May of '99. And my career at WMLB, I started Sunday mornings playing gospel music. And just running the board for preachers. And then I got promoted to regular on-air shifts, playing music. Then I got promoted to a program director, which is a cool gig. Like, I picked all the music and hired all the DJs. And then by the end, I got promoted to a general manager. I was literally... Uh, in charge of the whole station over the sales team. I was like 20. So you moved up the ranks. I climbed the ranks pretty quick there at WMLB Radio. All right. And now here's where like I have a lot of jobs going at the same time because like when I first got hired on at WMLB, I was working just Sunday morning. And then um, like 99X, I was working, you know, uh, during the week. And then uh, so then I got a gig working weekends in Athens, Georgia. From uh, December 96 to June of 97, I worked at WPUP in Athens, Georgia. Also worked at WRFC. WPUP was the big rock station in Athens. And WRFC was like the sports talk radio thing. Mm -hmm. So I would do on-air music shifts at the rock station. And I would also work uh, what we call board op. I would just run the board for like the news stuff um, for the WRFC. So I did that for several months. Then I moved to Gainesville, Georgia in April of 97. And I, for about six months, I worked at WNGC Radio, also known as South 106.1. That's where I was known as Dangerous Dave. Oh, my god! And I hosted a nightly uh, all-request show from 7 to midnight, all-request. And it seemed like our only audience in that hour was 15 and 16-year-olds. And it was called Crying, Loving, Laughing, or Leaving. Oh. What are you doing tonight? Are you crying? Are you loving? Oh. Are you laughing? Or are you leaving? And people, teenagers would call in. It was just all night. Hey, Dave, this is Mark over here in Hall County. 
and I want to wish my girlfriend Katie a happy birthday. Uh, we broke up two days ago, but I still call her my girlfriend, and I wanted to see if you could play Aww. Tim McGraw and Faith Hill, It's Your Love, and send it to Katie well, from Mark. I love that song. And Mark, I would do thank that. thank you. Yes. That's all I did. That's I amazing. <laughs> did that every night from 7 to midnight. So a lot of love songs, yeah. I'm assuming. A lot, of, a lot of love ballads. Talking to slow-witted, horny teenagers on the radio. Well, they, uh, need, they have needs. So that was a good time. Then in June of 98, I got hired on um, at some point. Oh, yeah. When I moved to Athens, I quit the 99X, like, uh, you know, the um, courier and, and marketing gig because uh, that was just a real low-level gig. So I quit 99X to move to Athens and do that. But in uh, June of 98, I got hired on, got hired back on at 99X, this time uh, on the air. Oh. So that was a big deal. The station that I grew up listening to. The big deal station. Uh, big, so like, now I was a DJ on that station. Wow. So that was pretty dope. I was just a weekender. I just did weekends. But I wound up working there uh, all the way to June of 01. So Whoa. I did that for a few years. Uh, let's see here. Okay, yeah, in this window. There was a month where I didn't work at that uh, at 99X because for a month, from uh, April of 99 to May of 99, I took a job in Ocala, Florida, at WIND Radio, The Wind, as their morning guy. Wow. And I did that for only a month. Uh, it, was a, it was a nice enough gig. I moved down there with my psycho ex-girlfriend. Which one? Uh, Lisa. Oh, really? Yeah, crazy, crazy Lisa went with me. And we lasted about a month because a month later, um, it's weird how I, w- I worked at two different stations two different times. So... To refresh, the WPUP, the Athens station, I got hired on in December of 96. I was just a weekend morning DJ. But then later, a few years later, uh, they came a knock and wanted me to be the boss man, wanted me to be the program director. Oh, wow. So I left the Ocala, Florida gig, even though I'd only been there three or four weeks, moved back to Athens, Georgia to take over the program director gig. And I was a program director in Afternoon Drive on the air. And that was a great gig. I did that for a little over a year. I was the boss of a big station in Athens. I picked all the music. Like it wasn't like a corporate, like Clear Channel thing where, like, yeah. I picked the music for like what two hundred thousand people listen to every oh, day. That's awesome. So that was pretty rad. And I got to do an on-air shift in the afternoons. Afternoons always a good shift because you don't have to get up early. People are in a good mood. They're driving home from work. It's more of a loose, fun party yeah, atmosphere. That's so I, neat. Yeah, I was the program director slash afternoon guy. So that was fun. Uh, where are we at now? Okay, then in uh, in March of two thousand, I got let go of that gig, even though I thought I did a pretty damn good job of it because they got sold and the station changed formats Aww. and they changed to like uh, adult contemporary. And a lot My of times, jam. a lot of times My when uh, that happens, a lot of the staff gets let go, uh, especially the program director. Cause they're like, you know, your whole job for the last year has been to find like the new Metallica songs and <laughs> we're not going to trust you with like adult alternative or adult contemporary, yeah. you know, it just it's sometimes, uh, the genres dictate whether or not, you know, well, this this rock and roll guy, he's not going to be good over here at this new station. Even though a lot of times it doesn't really matter, but um, they decided to let me go. So that ended my radio career. Okay. And I'm then sorry. Uh, I had uh, struck up a friendship doing that job in Athens as the big rock radio guy. I had struck up a friendship with uh, my teenage favorite band. My, my favorite band when I was a teenager 
was this Atlanta band called Stuck Mojo. Oh. And I was just a big fan. Now, looking back, it doesn't really hold up. It, it was like, uh, they were one of the innovators of like the rap metal. It was like them and Rage Against Machine so that just really. screaming? No, it was rapping, but with heavy metal guitars. Oh. So like to a 19-year-old Dave, it was amazing. You know, they had like this hip hop dude rapping, but then like these really like heavy, chunky, riffy guitars. And uh, I love testosterone yeah, and yeah. anger. And and was, so that was my favorite band in high school. And I got, I somehow uh, met these dudes while I was doing that radio gig in Athens because uh, we would put on shows for them. Like once or twice a year, they'd come up to Athens, oh, okay. put on a big concert, and we would sponsor it. Hey, Rock 103 presents Stuck Mojo at Tasty World or so whatever. Stuck Mojo was, <laughs> so Stuck Mojo, mm-hmm. uh, it was pretty popular. It was a popular, like they who were, would they be in this current era? They never got like mainstream success, but like okay. they, they had a cult following. Like we would go tour and they'd, they'd sell a thousand tickets. Wow. Yeah, a thousand was a fairly average night. Wow, depending that's on, amazing. Yeah. So, so they'd pack it out pretty good. I it should would, get into metal. It would be, I guess, the equivalent of like... I don't know if this is accurate, but like a lot of the alt country stuff I love, like drive by truckers aren't a household name, but they can sell a thousand tickets pretty much anywhere they go. So they were kind of like the metal underground gotcha. version okay. of that. Okay. Um, cool. So I started working for those guys when I got let go from the radio station as their tour manager. Just so happens Aww. because I had struck up a friendship with them and uh, I stayed in touch with them and stuff and would play a lot of their new records and they, you know, Hey, how do you like the new? So I, I developed a rapport and then when I got let go, I was like on the phone with him one day. I was like, yeah, I just got fired, dude. And he goes, really? And he goes, you're going to get a job at another radio station? I was like, yeah, I mean, but I don't have anything lined up. And he goes, our tour manager just quit, and we're going on tour. Do you oh want the gig? Oh, my gosh. So I, I was like, shit, yeah. So that was crazy. Like, not to like pat myself on the dick here, but like it was weird how in my early years, like the radio station I grew up listening to wound up working there. The, my favorite band in high school wound up working for them. So yeah. it was weird how like music kind of got me into some of these weird worlds. Yeah. Um, but Stuck Mojo also had a side project at the time called Fozzie. And wrestling fans might know Fozzie because of Chris Jericho. He was the lead singer. Chris Jericho has been a big, famous wrestler for 20 years. What a great uh, name. Super nice guy. But that was the, the band was kind of the same core. Uh, Chris Jericho wasn't in Stuck Mojo, but pretty much everybody in Stuck Mojo was in Fozzie. So I basically oh, okay. became the tour manager of two bands. And actually, it was three. If real old-school Stuck Mojo fans might remember, he had a third side project called Six Speed. I was also the tour manager of that. So I was tour managing three, di- three different bands. <laughs> That's so crazy. That was a lot of fun. How and old were you then? I was, uh, let's see, when was 20... that? I was 21. 21. Yeah. Wow, That's your it. brain isn't even fully formed, and you got yeah. some job experience so, under that belt. Um. So that was so after I got I let go um the tour manager thing was fun but it wasn't consistent like we'd go out for 2 weeks and then we'd be they wouldn't have a gig for a month. Mm. So it wasn't like a regular everyday thing uh but I still needed uh the flexibility to be able to go out for 2 or 3 weeks with these guys. So I when I got let go from the radio station I moved uh back home to my hometown of Canton, Georgia mm-hmm. and to just get in some regular steady income I got a gig at Longhorn Steakhouse. Woo! So this is where, okay, at, at one time I had four different gigs. Okay, so I left Athens, moved back to Canton. So now I'm working uh, as a tour manager. Mm-hmm. Then I get a gig at Longhorn Steakhouse just to kind of, you know, fill in the gaps mm-hmm. at night. So I started working nights at Longhorn Steakhouse because dinner, you made a lot more money at dinner than you did lunch. So I kept my <clears throat> my days open, and I got a gig at a plumbing place. This guy I went to high school with named Tommy Phillips. He had Phillips Plumbing in Canton, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So I started working for him, 
And the whole time I'm still working weekends on the air in 99X. So I'm working, uh, whenever we toured, I'd go tour with the band. Weekends, I would work on the air at the radio station. Weeknights, I was waiting tables at Longhorn. And weekdays, I was doing plumbing with my buddy Tommy. So during that, that's a gap where I had four different gigs. Then shortly after that, uh, my dad started a firewood company. So I quit the plumbing and I started doing uh, delivering firewood to barbecue restaurants. That is amazing. My dad had a firewood business. What a good idea. Yeah, and that was fun. That was just working with my dad. We're outdoors. And like uh, it was really hard manual labor, but it was mindless. Like Mm -hmm. some labor is physically hard and mentally taxing. You know, if you're plumbing or you're doing roofing, you know, like it's physically hard and you have to be thinking about what you're doing. Firewood was great. Because we just we'd have these huge logs just dropped off at our lot, and then we just chop chop them up with a chainsaw into certain pieces, and then take those smaller pieces and feed them through a uh, a splitter. So I would just you, cut logs and split firewood, and then load the trucks, and then drive the trucks. It was <clears throat> it was best shape of my life. Like it was it was physically hard, but there was something I loved about it. Like oh, I don't have to think about this shit. Just, yeah, just do just it. Just cut the wood, throw the wood. So that was fun. Did that from uh, uh, September of 2000 to January of 01. At the exact same time, I was working uh, a landscaping gig from September of 2000 to uh, January of 01. Because uh, this landscaping place only needed me Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I would work at this landscaping place. And Tuesday and Thursday, I'd work firewood with my dad. Then we fast forward. (coughs) I had those gigs all the way to January of 01. Uh, here, okay, so here's another chapter that starts. Here it uh, is. January of 01 to January of 05, uh, four years on the nose, I was a Cobb County police officer. And we talked about that. That was the big reveal a few months ago on the Boogie Monster. But uh, yeah, I was a cop for four years, hated every goddamn second of it. Mm-hmm. It really sucked and it didn't end well. So that's that four year <laughs> gap. <laughs> I love how, anyway, next. And um, I was allowed to keep my radio weekend gig during the academy. Oh, okay. So for the six months I was in the academy, Monday through Friday, I was doing Saturdays and Sundays on the radio. But then once I graduated the academy and became a real police officer out on the street, they wouldn't allow you to have any other part-time gigs. So they made me quit the radio gig. Why? Why can't you do other stuff? For what I was just their policy. Hmm. Okay. You could have uh, part-time uh, police security gigs that were um, initiated through the department, and I had some of those randomly, like every Thursday, for a couple of years, every Thursday afternoon, I'd work at Shane Company Jewelry Store, just standing there as the security, and they'd pay you. You could have police-related uh, part-time jobs, but you couldn't just go work at a radio station or a restaurant or anything. Hmm. So I had to quit the radio, and I was a cop for four years, so that sucked, and we all know that story. Then... Um, Two days after I got fired from the cop thing, I got a job uh, as a limo driver. Love that. Worked Way as a, to go, babe. Worked as a limo. I was unemployed for one day. Uh, I, the, the day after I got fired, I went and had, got the interview, and the next day they hired me and I started working. So I was unemployed for one day after that uh, horrible experience with the police department. From January of 05 to June of 05, I worked. I forgot the name of the place, but uh, so I've just got limo service. But it was in mm-hmm. Atlanta, and uh, that was fun. Worked a lot of hours, made good money. Uh, most of the time, I would drive town cars and pick people up from the airport, take people to and from the airport. This is pre-Lyft, pre-Uber. So like, <laughs> rather than get a taxi, some people just hire a town car. And uh, I'd pick people up from the airport. But then a couple nights a week, I would drive the actual limo. 
and I used to drive celebrities around. I drove, I drove oh. uh, Leanne Rhymes around one night. I drove uh, Joe Cocker around one night. I drove Little John, uh, oh. Ludacris. Uh, we had. Uh, one of our accounts was a rap label in Atlanta, so I drove so many rappers. Oh my uh, gosh! So any yeah. any that's like you remember being super cool and nice. Luda was cool. Did I tell you the story about Luda's security guards? No. I went I went to pick Luda up at his house. Had a big house like in College Park, Georgia, like down near the airport, and uh, big old house. And anytime you pick somebody up at their house or whatever, you know, take them to the airport or wherever, I hop out and grab their luggage, throw it in the trunk. Well, I hop out. And there's these two giant black dudes, like 6'5", six, 6'6", six, six, 300 pounds, like just big NFL lineman-looking dudes. Not to be stereotypical, but like he had some big, tough black-looking security guards or bodyguards. So two giant dudes, and then Luda's right in the middle. So there's three guys and no luggage. So I hop out. I'm like, oh, hey, guys, we're going to the airport, right? Do you, y'all don't have any luggage? And one of the guys goes, uh, Luda don't need no luggage. He buy new shit everywhere he go. Oh my God. That's the greatest <laughs> thing I I've laughed. ever heard. I laughed so hard. And then they started laughing. Wow. It like, it's true. He's like, Luda don't need no luggage. He buy new shit everywhere he go. I love that. And I was taking him to the airport. He was doing SNL that weekend. So oh my God. Whatever that was in, uh, in, in 05, uh, January of 05, or uh, winter or spring of 05. I don't know if it could have been any of those months. But uh, yeah, I always wow. thought it was funny. Um, who was it? Somebody, some rapper made me take him to, to Fat Burger. I remember I got in an argument with a rapper because I was like, actually, the ride has only been paid for from A to B. I don't, I can't stop off at C or D. And he got, (coughs) he got mad, pardon me. And I think he wound up paying me cash, like, like, he got mad at me, he cussed at me, like, and just whipped out, like, a 50 or 100. Like, You're like, okay. Motherfucker, take me to <laughs> Fat Burger. I'm like, oh, all right, dude. Sorry, man. But uh, oh, that man. was some, not Lil John. it was, uh, wasn't T.I., but it was some well-known Atlanta rapper. I forgot who it was. Anyway, so I did that. Did the limo it service. It was Usher, was it? Uh, no. No, it wasn't Usher. Um, I like Usher. I like Usher. So I did the limo service, and then while I'm doing the limo service for about five or six months, I'm trying to get my, uh, my own landscaping company off the ground. And officially got it off the ground around March of 05. So from March of 05 to April of 08, for about three years, I owned my own limo, uh, limo uh, landscaping service called XL Lawn Care. I don't know wow. why I named it XL. I just, oh, it's excellent, or I'm excelling. I don't oh, know. Oh, that's cute. I named it XL Lawn Care, and I did that for about three years. I like that a lot. And now I had part-time jobs during this window because in the winter, like in the spring and summer, I I was doing really well. But then in the winter in Georgia, grass doesn't grow much. Mm -hmm. And I tried so hard to like, I would try to get my customers on a yearly contract where like, hey, you pay me the same amount every month, but, and no one seemed to buy this, but I was like, look, it's for the sake of the example, you pay me a hundred bucks a month and in August... I'm going to come cut your grass four or five times a month, but in January, I'm going to come cut it once a month just to blow. And like, but see how it all out, yeah. averages out. But they were like, well, you're not. And I'm like, well, if I wanted to do it a la carte, I would be charging you more in August. But yeah. like, and nobody would go for that. So I, that was all, the goal amongst all the, uh, I knew a bunch of guys that had little landscaping companies. And that was always the goal. Like, you got to get them on a yearly contract. You're going to starve in the winter. And I couldn't get anybody on a yearly contract. It was always just kind of pay as you go. So come winter, 90% of my business dropped off. So what I did was I started XL uh, office cleaning. 
Oh, wow. I started, That's smart. I started cleaning offices, but I didn't have a lot of success with that. I only had one client, and uh, it was a gynecologist uh, office. And he okay. had three different offices, like one in Canton, one in Woodstock, one in Jasper. <clears throat> so at night, I would go and clean gynecologist offices. <laughs> but that only lasted uh, one, nice. one winter. Okay. So the Charlie next, didn't like that. So the next winter, I had to start getting uh, kitchen jobs and stuff. So this is how we're getting into this. Uh, and I'll try to speed through this. I know this is, <laughs> this is wordy, but I got a long history. All right. So uh, October of 05 to uh, Jan- uh, December of 06, for about a year, I worked at Papa John's as a delivery driver. Did that in the winter uh, during the uh, down season of landscaping. Uh, November of 05 to April of 06, I worked at Applebee's. I was a cook. Uh, let's see here. October of 06 to April of 07, I worked at Outback Steakhouse. Uh, that was a good gig. I was a morning prep slash line cook. That was a lot of fun. Uh, from November of 06 to uh, February of 07, I worked at Williamson Brothers Barbecue. I was a cook there in Canton, Georgia. And uh, boy, their barbecue sucked. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, real really? media. They're the ones that taught me to make my own barbecue. They didn't teach me, they motivated me. Because their barbecue was so bad, and I love barbecue so much, that I was like, I'm going to learn. I'm going to make my own. And that's when I started oh, getting okay. into cooking and so smoking barbecue. So thank you yeah. to them, really. So I did that. Um, let's see here. Why was it so bad? It just just wasn't good. Like, it was dry. Like, nobody really knew what they were doing with the pit and the smokers and stuff. It just didn't, huh. it just kind of sucked. And then they would do that thing where they would chop it. It was chopped barbecue. So it would just chop the shit out of it. wasn't pulled pork now. It was just, like, almost ground pork. Like... Yeah. Some of them, they use the cleavers and just chop the oh, shit see, out of I it. Oh, I like that. Just like sawdust. Oh. <laughs> mm. All right, so those were like the restaurant gigs I did in the winter during my landscaping career. Uh, then in, uh, let's see here. Um, who is this guy? L&H Landscaping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Then uh, the last year of my landscaping in the in the fall... I kept my business, but it was getting so slow that I went and got another landscaping gig. So from September of 07 uh, to February of 08, I worked at L&H Landscaping in Marietta, Georgia. Okay. And that was fun because I was a foreman. So I was just, I had a, they were a much bigger outfit than what mine was. So they had about five or six crews or five or six teams. And I was the foreman of one of the crews. So I would just drive the, uh, the truck and I had three dudes that would work with me and they would do all the hard stuff. I was kind of the, the boss, like the assistant manager. So I would drive the truck, drive the trailer. We had a lot of customers, a lot of routes, but they would do all the hard work, and then I would go around and do all the detail work. I would, like, trim the hedges and oh, pick wow. out the weeds and spray for weeds, and that was a sweet gig. That is a sweet gig. Because the dudes are out here. They got the mowers and the blowers, and, the, and I'm just walking around. Like, that, and that's what they wanted the, the foremans to do is, like, you're the pristine guy. You you're make the, sure that everything is perfect. Wow. They'll do the hard work, and you just you put the cherry on top. Did the guys that worked for you hate you? I felt yeah, like they were some animosity. <laughs> Like, look at this motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. I would have. They were nice, but I, I feel because I was new and like, it's not like uh, they got, well, and the reason they didn't get promoted is a lot of them that were Latino guys that didn't have uh, licenses. So to be a foreman, Lord. you had to have a driver's license. So, but I definitely felt some resentment. Like, who's this new guy who's already making more than me and doing less work? But hey, what am I supposed to do? It was a good gig. So I did that. 
then in April of 08, I sold my landscaping business. This now, uh, in April of 08, I had been doing comedy a little over a year, about a year and a half. And I was starting to get serious about, okay, I'm going to start featuring. I'm going to start traveling. Uh, I think I can make a uh, scrape out of living doing comedy. So I wanted to sell my landscaping business because mm-hmm. I couldn't travel or whatever and, and service customers at the same time. So I sold my business in the, uh, where am I? Um, April of 08. And, uh, but I still needed kind of a part-time gig. Yeah. So the guy I sold my business to, he, after we finished the deal, he was like, do you need a part-time job? You want to come work for me a couple days a week? Because yeah. I told him about the comedy and why I'm selling Aww. it. So, But he needed a little more part-time help, which was perfect. Like I got really lucky in that transition from, from the real world to the comedy world because I, you know, at the very beginning I had my own business. Then I sold it. Then I was still able to work a couple days for this dude. So I worked for Cane Cutters Landscaping That's amazing. in uh, Canton, Georgia. I did that from uh, April of 08 to June of 10. Okay. And then uh, around, uh, let's see, uh, August of 08 is when I really started hitting the road. Okay. So I've got this blocked off as, as one of the 45 gigs. From August of 08 till March of 12, I basically was just a touring feature. That's pretty uh, rad. I worked a little bit with a landscaping guy here and there, but for the most part, uh, I was living with Jared Harris rent-free uh, in oh. his grandmother's uh, senior citizen condo complex. Uh, she was in the nursing home, but she still owned this place. So I moved in with him, and uh, then I, I, I told a story about this, and then I bought her car later. Oh, right. So no one's seen Mildred in months, but now there's weird weird bearded guys driving her car and living in her house. Oh, and also, like, that was the freezing cold shower, yeah, right? Yeah, that and then the... later Jared moved out, and it's like, hey, I'm moving out. You can still stay here, but I'm not paying for the utilities, so we're going to cut the utilities <laughs> off. So for, like, the last three months, I didn't have any electricity or, or hot water. Huh. Uh, I was just squatting, but, there you know. But I was yeah. on I was on the road all the time, so it wasn't that big a deal. So yeah, from that block, I, I pretty much was just on the road, uh, being a comic for about four years, uh, just learning how to do comedy on the road in the South. Well, all over, but a majority of those terrible uh, comedy zone gigs in the Southeast. Then uh, June of eleven uh-huh. to January of twelve, I worked at the Albert in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I think that's when Jared. Uh, they sold that house, and I had to move out. I moved in with another buddy who was who did uh, charge me rent, so I had to get uh, a kind of a steady gig. I stopped touring as much and uh, just worked nine to five. I, I had banker's hours at a restaurant, which is unheard of. Yeah, that is. But I worked of. Monday through Friday, nine to five, and then I just did comedy every night in Atlanta. Oh, and occasionally, nice. I would do the weekend gig here and there, and they were good about letting me off. So that okay. That ends the Georgia version of my resume, the Georgia section of my resume. Um, So then I moved to L.A. in March of 12. And uh, when I first moved to L.A., from March to about August, I I was living in the van. Uh So I didn't need a bunch of money. I wasn't paying rent, but I still needed some sort of income. And I would tour here and there. uh, But my touring went way down because now I'm in California. All my road work was on the East Coast as a feature act. I couldn't fly into a city to make 300 bucks for the weekend. So my touring went down. That's when I started uh, clustering the big tours together. So I'd go out oh, on three was... or four big tours a year as opposed to every weekend like I was doing on the East Coast. So I still needed some money. 
Um, so I did a bunch of background and extra work. Oh. I probably I was probably on twenty five different TV shows as That's an extra. Amazing! What yeah. was anything we've seen? There's one thing I've been wanting to find. It was something on the History Channel. Um, mm-hmm. I did a reenactment of uh, William Burr and uh, Andrew Hamilton, the duel, the president and the duel. Oh yeah! And I was I was uh, the uh, scout or uh, the guy who the assistant. Oh, I was assi- him the gun. I was the assistant to uh, Hamilton. Handed him the gun. Uh, but they, they got me dressed up in 1850s gear. I got oh the got the top hat and the old suit. And I would um, love to see that. I gotta find that one. But yeah, and then I was a bunch. Of, uh, another horrible thing I was in that you can watch on Prime right now: airplane versus t- uh, tornado, or Ooh. airplane versus volcano. Oh, with uh, Robin Givens and Dean Cain. Dean Cain, Superman. Airplane versus oh. volcano. That's on Prime right now, and uh, somewhere in there, I have a line. One line, I'm a passenger in a plane. I go, what about the co-pilot? Is he okay? And, Good uh, job. Yeah. That was amazing. <clears throat> yeah, that was, that was great acting. Woo! All right, so I did that when I first moved to L.A. We're almost done here. Uh, August of 12 to January of 13, I took a job that would forever change my life, boo. Oh, what? I took, you're not even paying attention. Yeah, yes, texting. I am. Yes, I am. I'm sorry. I this is looking, so boring. No, it's not. I was looking. Uh, there's a long list. I'm trying to stay on topic. I got Charlie moaning over here. August of 12, I okay. took a job that would forever change my oh, life, boo. Oh, cute. Okay. I took a job at Spitz. Spitz. In Los Feliz uh, neighborhood of neighbor LA. the worst restaurant, Spitz. Uh, S-P-I-T-Z, because it's uh, oh, donor kebabs. Rotating meat. Yeah, and... Uh, I was a cook. I worked in the kitchen and uh, took that gig. And the first or second day of work, I met this tall, goofy, blonde-headed girl. Who? And uh, was just immediately smitten. Oh, boy. And if it weren't for that gig, who knows if we'd ever met, boo. So that, even though that was a terrible job, uh, something great came out of, out of that. It's so true. I, I was living in the van. <laughs> nobody, nobody there knew I lived in a van. Yeah. I kept that a secret, but that's probably against health code. But uh, I'm yeah. assuming I handling know, food every day, living in a van. I mean, I showed up clean and hygienic. Yeah, you were I you're hit, very clean, minus I, your legs. You I'd, don't like to I hit your the legs. gym uh, to just to hit the shower before I go into work. But yeah, so I worked at Spitz there from uh, August of 12 to January of 13, and then um, then touring and stuff really started taking off, and I was able to quit that gig. Didn't didn't need that too much. Um, then, okay, in June of 14, uh, from August of 15, so a little over a year, when I had my own place, I got out of the van, got my own place there in East Hollywood, and uh, may have bitten off a little more than I could chew by just getting an apartment by myself. And uh, so, to supplement my income, that's when I started my biscuit pop-up. For about oh, okay. a year, I did a bunch of, uh, I would do smoked wings and homemade biscuits. I would do pop-ups at comedy shows. I, I would just do it at Nerd Melt. I got fired from that gig uh, because fired? I uh, the oil spilt all over the back parking lot, mm. and they were like, "Yeah, don't come back." And I, even though I went and paid rented a uh, pressure washer and cleaned it all up, they were like, "Yeah, no thanks." They don't like it. They just uh, didn't like but it. But a bunch of different uh, regular shows around uh, L.A. Um, and why'd you stop doing that? It just got too hard. It just it was just so hard, and just. Uh, I mean, I would work all day cooking biscuits and wings and stuff and drag it all over there and stand around all night. And then I'd make like 90 bucks after expenses. I was like, God, this is just, it just became too much work. And, you know, touring picked up here and there. And I just, one of those things where like, I don't have to do this anymore. 
Then we're almost done. Then uh, January of 16 to uh, February of 17 for about a year. I was a Lyft driver. We've talked about that. Uh, that's back when I was living with old Ryan Singer. I was driving Lyft like 50, 60 hours a week. That sucked. Oh. Uh, then I, I, trans- I, I stopped doing Lyft, and I uh, started doing DoorDash. <laughs> Did that from uh, February of 17 to about uh, July of 17. And uh, didn't really – that was one of those where I just gradually, slowly stopped. You know, I'd work five days a week, then I'd work four days a week, and eventually it's like, I don't, I don't have to do this anymore. Oh, nice. comedy's picking up. And then, uh, then the last thing on the list is um, 08, 16, uh, August of 16 to present – uh, I could categorize a boogie monster and Stonebergs as as a gig because I, I do make some. I don't make any income off of Stonebergs yet, but I make a little income off of boogie monster. So that's a job. So there we go. Forty five fucking jobs. Wow. <coughs> there you go. That was. I mean, that's quite crazy. the list. I'll I'll, I'll just spit them off Kevin, one more time. Oh no. Baseball card uh, store, little, uh, little League Umpire, Mom and Pop's Country Buffet, Tabs Pizza, Cherokee Memorial Park, TCBY. McFarland's Grocery, Herndon Heating and Air, Kroger, Galaxy Foods, uh, a used car lot whose name I can't remember, Ingalls Grocery, uh, my own auto detail shop, uh, worked at Cherokee High School as a substitute, Cherokee High School as a landscaper, 99X Radio, WMLB Radio, WPUP Radio, WNGC Radio, WNNX Radio, WN. NID Radio, WPUP again, uh, Tour Manager, Longhorn, Phillips Plumbing, Stone Firewood, Nerdlander Landscaping, Cobb County Police, Limo Service, XL Lawn Care, Papa John's, Applebee's, Outback, Williamson Brothers Barbecue, XL Office Cleaning, L&H Landscaping, Cane Cutters Landscaping, Comedian, The Albert, Background Slash Extra, Spitz, uh, Biscuit Pop-Up, Lift, DoorDash, Boogie Monster, boom, 45 jobs. Whew. Wow. Do you see why I'm ready to retire? Yeah. I've put in the work. <laughs> you you really have. <laughs> so there you go, dude. Wow. Be oh, careful what you Kevin, ask for. I don't know if he wanted all of that. I feel like he was like, give me some highlights. <laughs> Could have the note. Great there question. There it is. Great it's, question. It's my it's my job history. I've only been fired, got let go once from the from the um from the radio thing that was more the according to them that was more of a you're getting let go you're not fired definitely got fired from the police office <laughs> police department mm. and then i got fired from the uh nerd melt pop-up just because of the oil but i think those are the only well and i got fired i think i got fired from ingles i don't really remember i just remember i don't remember them saying you're fired i just remember it being like this isn't working out yeah. <laughs> or we don't need you anymore. We're or good. So 45 jobs. I've only been fired a couple times. That's pretty rad. So that's not bad. Well, good job, boo. That was yeah. informative. Yeah, there we go. It was wonderful to know. How about that. What about you? Give us some highlights of yours. Or oh. You can get thorough. All right. I'm not going to get thorough. Because how many? You've I, got like how 30. Many, I, no, I think we got to. Yeah, we're good. We're, we're good on time. We're, done. we're bad yeah, on time. Matter. All right. I'll go quick. Farmer's Market. Old Spaghetti Factory Server, Breakfast at Orly's Omelette Caterer, <laughs> Preschool Aid, uh, King's Fish House Server, but I failed the Fish House test, so I didn't w- go to do that, Walt Disney Concert Hall Host, Nanny, uh, MPH Entertainment Receptionist, Production Assistant, Nordstrom's Men's Section Sales Girl, mm. Opening Mail, 
for an accounting lady in Redondo Beach. Very fun. Spitz, Starbucks, production assistant again. Kids Entertainment. I was a clown. And also I did like birthday parties where I was a princess. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. You That's like were what all a- improvisers do in L.A. when you're going to the I didn't know that. Yeah. You were a clown? I was a clown. And then also princesses. Wow. Like Ariel. And whatever. I wasn't really good, though, because I What would I you make kids. per gig? What would you... It's about 60 bucks. Uh-huh. You go. But um, they would... It was through a company, so they would farm you out. So usually you're like, oh, 60 bucks. So if I do like five in a day, that'll be great. Um, but you get tired because you're literally entertaining yeah. children for about an hour to an hour and a half. Then you got to go. Because you got you got to be Cinderella uh-huh. in freaking Encino, so you're in fucking Bellflower. You gotta drive to Encino, and you gotta be Dora the Explorer and put that foam <laughs> head on your head, and you're you're dizzy. Oh man! Uh, the fruit factory. I was an assistant to the CEO who had anger problems and would throw chairs. Uh, birthday party clown. Yep, Doctor Phil, production assistant, caterer. Uh, oh, Brazilian restaurant, Bossa Nova, assistant to uh, an entertainment lawyer named Ivy. She didn't like me very much. And, oh, oh, and also a kid's entertainer where we, I would go to schools uh-huh. and I would perform uh, a money management seminar for what? children. <laughs> what? It was called Mad About Money. And it was with, <laughs> I had the best time. It was right after Fruit Factory CEO. I had moved to Studio City. I was living with my friend from college. And I was touring the nation. And by nation, I mean California. Greater Los Angeles. <laughs> with a lot of elementary schools. I would show up. Really? We would set it up. We had different wigs. We would be different characters. And we were, we were learning about, we were teaching people about checking accounts and yeah it was insane and i was with my friend how old were these students are these these are like second graders third graders wow fourth the sixth graders didn't really care for me that they weren't my audience Uh which is fine i don't care about them either good i was oh i forgot i was a driver's ed instructor i knew that i've got fired because they thought i was stealing gas but i wasn't huh I wasn't. Why I would just, they fired me because at the end, I let the kids decide what they wanted to do with their final 15 minutes. <laughs> and the kids would always say they wanted to go home. So I was like, all right, cool. Wow. And then I got a nice little break. Uh-huh. But those, that apparently parents like complained or whatever. Okay. Anyway. So yeah, I've, I've had some journeys. Wow. And then with the current stuff, more, more recently, oh, sh- uh, uh, trainer, personal trainer, uh, property well, manager. Yeah. Uh, sister, friend, <laughs> yeah. bitch, lover, mm-hmm. child, mother. Way to go, boo. And you got hired on at the YMCA right before the COVID hit. Yeah, it sucked. And then they immediately, you, did, you worked one or two days and then they were like, we're, we got to shut down. Yeah. And then you're still kind of trying I'm to figure out. I'm weirdly furloughed, but not, but like a sub, but they haven't gotten back to. Yeah, it's very, very gray. Um, I think my favorite firing, I got fired only a few times because I always quit Uh because I would have panic attacks. Oh, I forgot. I was a, uh, I was an assistant to an agent. Really? Yeah. And he was so awful. This is one of the worst. Like a theatrical agent? Uh, He was commercial. Okay. Uh, But yeah, I, um, he was so horrible. It was like right out of school. 
And I just, I lied to him and I told him my mom had cancer. Oh, no, bro. <laughs> Oh, no. You used that one? I said my mom had cancer. Mm. And I felt really bad about it. Hmm. Anyway, this has been a great trip down memory lane. I've enjoyed it. Yeah? Um, yeah, but yes. Well, I have, I'm us. quite the Renaissance woman. You sure are. Between uh, the two of us, there's just... Uh, there's not Nothing. too many mid-level jobs that we can't do. Listen, you got to find your passion. And oh, while you're man. doing that, you got to work some crap jobs. It's true. I remember I used to say this line to people when I had, the, during that four-job period, I used to say something like, well, if you ain't got one good job, you need four crappy ones. And, th- and that was my mentality. Of yeah. like, until no. I can get a good gig, I'm going to have to have a few mediocre ones. Man. You know? But yeah, I had four jobs at one time. That's so insane. Yeah. <laughs> there wow. was a period during that radio period. Uh, there was a period. This is a true story. I worked. I worked on the air at four different radio stations in a twenty-four hour period. And at the very end, the last shift, I drank too much surge. Remember that surge drink? Yeah. And the lack of sleep and the nerves <gasps> and the surge, and I threw up right before I went on the air. Oh I no! Did little, they did? Oh, but before you, yeah. it wasn't on. I mean, air. it was like thirty seconds before oh, the song gosh. ended. But yeah, I, I remember I worked at the the. WMLB, the little AM country coming Georgia station. Mm-hmm. I remember I woke up, like, did Friday morning there, went and did uh, Friday evening at in the Athens station. Then I did Friday overnights running the board across the hall at the uh, news talk station. And then I drove to Gainesville to do Saturday morning uh, air shift. Oh so in 24 God. hours, I worked at four different radio stations. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, man. Look at us. Oof. Look at us. Go getters. I'm tired. Bootstraps, baby. Wow. So, yeah, there you go. Sorry that got long-winded, but uh, <laughs> I've been meaning to get that out into the public. Ooh, I know a lot of people have asked, because, you know, I do. I talk a, I got a bunch of old when I was younger stories, and when you do that many different things, you just, uh, and I try hard not to be like the old blowhard know-it-all, let me tell you what I've done, but, like, shit just pops up in conversation of, yeah, I did that, and yeah, I've done that, and. Now, now I'm a well-rounded uh, podcast comedian idiot. Well, so. it makes you really, it makes you very much appreciate people that are nice. Mm-hmm. Like, all I remember is if, if I could have worked at, like, a, like again, opening envelopes. I mm-hmm. was a mail opener. Mm-hmm. Lady was nice. Yeah. It was fine. This was fucking mail opening. Yeah. But, like, that, I think that just means. Charlie, shut up, I, bud. Shut up. You gotta, you gotta be quiet. I know, buddy. But yeah, it's the environment. It mm-hmm. was always who I was around that made it okay, mm-hmm. these shitty jobs, you know? Yeah. So, or jobs in yeah. general. Any job. Everyone yeah. dance. Well, and, you know, there's that, this isn't an original uh, thought, but, you know, it's gone around recently. The, um, just the concept of uh, anybody who's ever worked in the public everybody who's waited tables anybody yes. who's worked retail yes you know uh that's good that gives you some perspective because what what i'm trying to say anybody who's an asshole to a to a worker probably hasn't worked hasn't walked in those shoes if somebody is mean to a server you probably ladies never worked or a men yeah. if you're on a date and somebody is mean mm-hmm. to somebody that works at the kitchen whatever yeah. run yeah that person is a monster yeah there's nothing worse just the just that undertone of superiority talking down to the to the server or the cook or whomever like get the fuck out of here yeah. like these are all human beings all jobs are important 
And you don't you know? look good. You don't yeah. look good when you're doing that. Yeah, I got nothing respect for nothing but respect for uh, people who just grind it out every day. You know, ninety five percent of the jobs I just listed on on my resume are ones that I didn't necessarily want or enjoy. But sometimes you just got to do what you got to do. Got to do it. You know, got to work at that fruit factory. Whatever it takes. But uh, anyway, this has been a long-winded version of the uh, Stonebergs. Charlie is now in Katie's grasp. Yeah, I got to hold him because he's... he's getting all antsy. <laughs> well, I got the vacuum out. That confuses him because that looks like a human. Yeah. We got cords. There's a whole lot going on, guys. Yeah, poor guy. Let me get a picture. Of oh, okay. So down here. Hey, Charlie. Hmm. All right. There we go. Um, guys, thank you so much. Uh, we'll get to more calls. I, I think, what, do we only do two this week because uh, <laughs> I got diarrhea in the mouth. Um, yeah, but call. Oh, my gosh. People called this week, and yeah. it made my day. A lot of good calls Every this week. Every day. Uh, we will get to those uh, in, in the coming episodes. But, yeah, spread the word. Tell a friend. Uh, thank you so much. Where can we find you on Instagram, Bo? KT Low Strandberg, like a strand of hair, B-E-R-G. Um, that is my Instagram. I do stories. I share my truth. <laughs> right now I'm on a redecoration uh, journey of our apartment because mm-hmm. that's my that's where I am in COVID. Yeah. Got to keep your mind busy mm-hmm. because if you don't, you start getting into serial killer movies and oh, yeah. things get weird. That's true. Uh, I'm on Instagram at uh, underscore Dave Stone. Uh, all the other, uh, all the Strandberg or Strandberg, Stoneberg stuff uh, I'll mention in the uh, outro there because I forget what it is. Uh, but guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks for the calls. Thanks for spreading the word. Thank you, guys. Uh, stay safe. Stay sane. Stay healthy. Uh, wear a mask. Redecorate your apartment uh, if you're bored. You know, try not to get shot by the police. Do a, a pale pink so, in a bedroom. Yeah. It's very common. Yeah, you painted our bedroom pink this week. Very pale, very yeah. pink. It's entitled romance. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's comforting. Yeah. It's soothing. Get, get yourself an infuser. A little air <laughs> infuser. Put some lavender in it. All right. All right. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, guys. Call. Hey everybody, thanks so much for listening to the Stonebergs Podcast. If you enjoyed it, it would mean a lot to us if you could take a few seconds to rate and review it on iTunes. And if you don't listen to it on iTunes but still want to help out, simply tell a friend, as word of mouth is so important. Follow us on Instagram, at the Stonebergs Podcast. Follow us on Twitter, at the Stonebergs. And lastly, give us a call 24-7 and leave a voicemail at 562-548-2012. That's 562-548-2012. Thanks for listening. Today's best country and all your favorites. Back to back in 12 in a row with David Lee Murphy. Dust on the bottle. Don't let it fool you, though. Dangerous Dave taking all your request dedications. What can I do for you? Hey, I was wondering if I could make a request. Well, um, yeah. Okay, it's to Margaret, Beverly, and James and Pee Wee up in Cleveland. Uh huh. Anything by Alan Jackson or Hank Williams Jr. Anything by Alan or Hank? Yeah. Well, then, how about some Alan? That'll be good. We'll Thanks. do it now. Thank you. Bye bye. After leaving 15 years old from Seattle, Washington. Well, when I was 15 years old, I was like working at Burger King. Lila McCann on the New South.
am a black bird. Brian Love and I for leaving 22 minutes past 11 o'clock. Taking all your requests, dedications, what have you. Going to the South Lines now. Hey, what can I do for you? Uh, yes, I'd like to hear a song, please. All righty. I'd like to hear Clint, ba- Clint Black's Like the Rain. Like the Rain. That's a good one there. I, I ain't heard it. that in a while. Yeah, I'd like to kind of dedicate it to Jeff. To Jeff? Yes. We'll do it. Okay, thanks. Thanks. one, pal. Me. Me and you. Oh, I thought you said me and you. Me and you. Oh, I interpreted that a different way. <laughs> i tell you what, it's, it's that, that, I mean, it really looks great. They're, they said they're still doing some more work on it, but i tell you what, that's going to be something else. And I believe uh, all around northeast Georgia and north Georgia is going to really enjoy that. And i tell you what, congratulations to the guys. They've done a great job on it. Well, buddy, I'm glad you had a good time. All righty. All right, Chief. We'll get it on for you. Thank you. Oh, Lord, yeah. Okay, thank you. 